Well, good day, Adzi. How are you, T-Bone? Fucking great. That's the way, mates. What's going on? Well, mates, uh, I was just packing me board bag over here. I think I might move to North Korea. What? Mate, I was just watching a documentary on uh, Netflix last night, and uh, North Korea, the communist government, they give each male uh, beer tickets, five litres per month on the government. Beer tickets? Beer tickets, mate, for free, and I thought, well... No one's giving me free beer over here. Well, I'll tell you what, as he... And, uh, mate, I, f- I figure there's probably plenty of uncrowded surf over there too. Not many surfers and uh, free beer. Anyone want to come with me? Mate, I wouldn't mind going to North Korea, but I might just stay here because I've been enjoying just lately uh, Cheeky Monkey Beer. Cheeky Monkey Beers are delicious. What about you, T-Bone? Well, guess what, Adzi? This episode is brought to you by... Cheeky Monkey Beer, you beauty. Yoo-hoo. And they've got a new double IPA hazy coming out. We'll have a crack at that. Maybe I'll unpack me bags and get up to their vast brewing facility. Oh, get Don- Dennis Robert on the phone. Let's get him <laughs> over here. One. Hello everybody, welcome to Barrel Surf Podcast. I'm sitting here, it's a Sunday afternoon, uh, sort of mid-July. Uh, lovely day in the shed quarters once again, and today I have to my right the good old, very inquisitive, beer-loving, tube-pig extraordinaire, T-Bone. How are you, T-Bone? Good, Adzi. Good to be back in the shed quarters, mate. Yeah, mate. We had to whisk you away from a uh, romantic lunch with the missus, but you uh, managed to shake her off and sneak into the shed to get down and dirty with some sick stories of surfing tubes. It was hard to shake her off when she was about three or four wines up, mate. (laughs) Uh, Well, mate, you're in the right place now. You've got a cheeky monkey pale ale in your hand. and uh, love it. We have a very special guest in the shed quarters today, and, uh, mate, I thought it was... Very, uh, very appropriate that we have this man in. I'll introduce him first, but I'll tell you why I think it's appropriate. Um, mate, welcome to the Shed Quarters, Chad Jackson. He's an absolute mad dog. He is a bodyboarder of the highest order. He has pulled into so many pits that you and me just want nothing to fucking do with T-Bone and most of the people out there. Uh, he's been around a long time, lives here in Dunsborough. And uh, he's just an all-round good bloke who's come to join us and tell us some stories. Thanks for coming in, Chatty. No worries. That was a good intro. I wouldn't have minded Tebow's in- intro, though. That was a, <laughs> that one, that was a yeah. good one. Got to stretch the truth, as well. It's a podcast, mate. Where, uh, it may or may not have happened, any of this shit. I'll, I'll put exactly. that clause down at the start. So uh, whether that be our tube or, or yeah. a story of uh, getting up to no good. But uh, no, mate, thanks for coming in, Chatty. Um, we've also got a silent partner. Well, he's going to be semi-silent in here. Um, his, his name is uh, Ducky. He's also Nathan DeCasse. He's also a hard-charging bodyboarder. He's one of your old mates, and uh, we were doing physio. A shout-out to Trevor Down South Physio for the hundredth time. Jeez. <laughs> we got a sponsorship yet or what? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, we were doing physio on Thursday night, and Ducky goes, Adzi, I don't know if you're going to be down for it or not. I know you're a surfing podcast, but I think you should get me mate Chad Jackson in. He's got some hell stories about this, that, and the other. And I said, you know what, mate? In this day and age, 
I just don't think it really matters anymore. The whole surfing lid thing, that Not rivalry, I think that died a long time ago. Yeah, um, definitely. And I'm like, mate, and, and Ducky started telling me about some of the stories I should ask you about, and I was just like getting excited straight away going, fuck yeah, we should definitely get this guy in. And then uh, rang him up and he said, yeah, I'll come around this weekend. So here we are straight away. And the reason why I think it was so appropriate, that was Thursday night, uh, three days ago. And what was it on that Friday, Chatty? Two days ago. What was it? What was it? It was... Talk to me. To the day, 50-year anniversary oh, yeah. of the boogie board being made. It was. And I thought, well, fuck, if that's not a sign, yeah. I don't know what is. So, yeah, 50 years ago, uh, two days ago. You're kidding me. No, who who made true. it? Tom Moray made yep. the first ever boogie board. And, uh, yep. mate, what do you know about that? I know. Crazy, hey? Yeah. 50 years. Yeah, I didn't even know that was coming up. And then just... Um, Noticed a few prompts on the gram and and then seen it coming up and it's good to, it was just good to see everyone jumping on board and showing the support and showing the support for Tom and just everyone being proud yeah of like Classic. riding the boog you know for that many years so, so that was the best thing is it do you call it a boogie board or a bodyboard we call it a bodyboard but we don't really care what you call it really yeah. like we're, <laughs> like we're not um. Yeah, you know, you can call it what you want. I, we don't take offence. Yeah. Well, that's funny because I actually, mate, I didn't think I'd get into it this early, but which term is the most offensive? That was a question as far as, you know, getting labelled a body. I mean, bodyboarder and boogieboarder is, they're the standard term, sure. What about dick draggers and all I that think, stuff? I thought, right? I was thinking dick draggers was probably going to be I, the most. To me, I wouldn't even care. Don't, don't care. No, I would not care one yeah. bit, whatever someone wants to call it, because... What was it's there, Shark Biscuit? There was a yep. few. That, yep. that, I mean, that's I mean, not it, really. Esky Lid's pretty, pretty popular back Esky, in the day. Yeah, the Esky yeah. Lid. Yeah, I mean, everyone just says the lid, and you know they mean Esky yeah. Lid. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's not really doing But what they can do nah. on those lids yeah. is, is fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. Too no. good to ask you, mate, um, from 50 years ago until now, how much has the bodyboard evolved? Like, Oh, mate, dude, I think it's just um, evolved with so much with like technically with guys the stuff that they can do right now is crazy just yeah technically it's some of it's hard to understand you know how hard it is you could look at some of the moves they're doing and go well that didn't look as good as the big aerial move but some of the stuff is just technically really a lot harder and that kind of stuff is what like impresses the people who have been in it for a long time yeah um it's not it's not obviously the stuff that might score better in a competition Mm -hmm. but yeah, and I mean, it all went through like a big wave phase and everything as well, and it seemed like it went through a big wave phase and then it, it hit a plateau and has gone down a bit as well. Yeah, because you know, with everyone um, taking a break, I guess you could say, everyone's taking a break from really pushing themselves in those kind of waves as well. Because I like I, if I put up a post of like at the moment on our um, on my. I own the company Grand Flavor. Yep. So on the label Grand Flavor. Yeah, on the yep. website now we're we're playing an old TV series that we made called Soak the Sponge. Yep. And we filmed that kind of from around 2010 for a couple of years, and but that was back when we were um, doing all the um, the big wave stuff, and we decided you know that was kind of a little bit just life after doing the tour. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we've linked up with Fuel TV. Decided to do this uh, TV show, done four TV shows, and now I'm replaying three parts to every show, p- replaying them every week. Every Wednesday, they come out on my um, website. Yep. So, episode two come out, and it 
and it started to show some of the towing waves that we were riding. Sick. And like all the responses are like, why do people not do this anymore? Yeah, and right. I'm like, I can't even tell you. I don't know why. Like it just seems like everyone's taking a break, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it, that's all I could say. I'd like, you know, you got to have the the know-how of the weather and the gear and you've got to have jet skis and you've, yeah. you've got to have all yeah, that. motivation. Yeah, that you've got to have a little bit of motivation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but it just, I, I think there's a lot of guys out there that can do it. But yeah, motivation maybe is another thing like, what are you doing it for, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. I've got to ask you, mate, just with going back to the equipment side, you know, for stand-up surfing, for towing surfing, obviously the boards are modified and they've got straps. Is there any differences with a, a towing bodyboard as opposed to just a regular paddle um, bodyboard? Yeah, I reckon there is. Like um, if you're riding like a your two to three foot beach break or something, you ride like a board which is a bit stiffer and um, harder so it goes faster, yep. generally goes faster. But if you're in big waves, you're going through chop and stuff like that. So you want to have a bit of flex and recoil yep. so you can cut through and you don't want to be trying to bottom turn on a 10-foot pit and your board's this stiff thing and you just slide out into the lip, you know? So is there any difference in lengths and widths and stuff? There is, but you wouldn't change your length. Not much. Too much. If anything, if anything for bigger surf, you'd go down a little bit. Yeah. But it's only like half an inch or something. Yeah, Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. Mate, um, yeah, talking of some big wave stuff and that, I'd notice just over the last, uh, I guess it must have been from the last Hawaii season, but there's some sick footage of Mike Stewart getting like third reef roll-ins at pipe and just, tracking across those huge walls obviously it's mike stewart you know he gets a lot of respect at pipe i would imagine and uh gets probably whatever he wants but um to a point um well i would have thought he'd just get whatever he wants out there he's such no a guru doubt. no yeah. doubt yeah um but yeah they're just sick man like and it's just like well I, I love watching it you know like mate i grew up as a as a grommet as well you know went through the bodyboarding era myself you know for a few years and mate mike stewart was always the man you know? oh yeah he's he, still 100 percent. is that no matter how it seems like the older he gets like just the better he is to watch like he's like the goat isn't he i he's, don't know yeah i would say he is the the guy out at pipe you know yeah like if he wants to sit at third reef or second reef then he'll sit there and he'll ride whatever waves he wants and yeah. so he should he was like um world champion bloody body surfer as well he at is. pipe or something wasn't he i think he wins it every year doesn't yeah, he right yeah, that's yeah. what i, th- I think he's, he's, just a, he's a water man he's a yeah. guru away so has he won a few world titles mike stewart he did yeah but that was kind of back when the world title was one competition yeah right. and so he would win the pipe comp right win the world title. Oh, one competition one competition to decide the world champ yeah yeah okay so that's what they're proposing again at the moment oh yeah they're for, saying let's the COVID, go back yeah. to one competition one comp yeah, yeah. Jeez. Well, why, like why not have a world champ, you know? How do you qualify for the one comp? That's a good question, yeah. 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 So I guess it's more of an invitational. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Ducky's got a special comment about Mike Stewart he wants to make here. Well, I would go as far to say as I don't think there has been a more barreled human on this planet than Mike Stewart. Purely because I think before the evolution of surfing and having, you know, the guys doing the the sort of hand drag stall for backhand pits and the stick and the pie in the oven with the two hands in the face on forehand. Stuart was getting all the, the crazy barrels well before that was sort of invented in surfing. And, um, yeah, I just I couldn't think of anyone who would have got more barreled and more epic waves than him, you know. Yeah, cool. 
I like the quote, yeah. two hands in the pie oven there, yeah, mate. The Never heard that one old, before. You know, <laughs> Ducky knows his way around a surfboard as well as uh, few, some death pits as well. Special he, comments by Ducky. Yes, yeah, he's, he's out shone us there all, hasn't he, t mate? He's come in all prepared here. Hashtag <laughs> two hands in the pie oven? Or? Yeah. yeah, I know. I guess, yeah, you don't want to be getting the pie out of the oven with one hand, do you? No, it's true. It's risky. You'll drop the pie, mate. You don't want to drop the pie. Exactly, but, mate. Uh, no, good work, Ducky. All right, mate. Well, um, let's rip into... Uh, into Chatty's life a bit here because that's what we got him for. Um, we've got a couple of specific stories that we want to get out of him, but um, let's just dial it back a bit to the start. Chatty, where'd you grow up, mate? Yeah, so I grew up in a suburb called Greenwood. Oh, good old Greenwood. Yeah, Greenwood. Yep. And um, so I went to Allenswood Primary School, Warwick High School. Yep. Probably the most unknown schools that oh, you could mate, imagine. Maybe that- known for the for kind of worse reasons well, yeah. than you could imagine. Well, our, West, so. mate, uh, our West Oz listeners will know that Greenwood's a northern suburb of Perth, but for those overseas and over east, um, yeah, it's about 15, 20 minutes north of Perth City and pretty much just general suburbia. Um, but in saying that, you know, the beach is probably only, you know, eight to ten minutes drive from there and, uh, you know, not, not great waves, but at least there was a beach there. So uh, at least you were within striking distance of the ocean, which... No doubt is where it all began. Yeah, that's true. But I'd say, as opposed to my school, I'd say I did my time. (laughs) (laughs) And I got out. I was lucky to get out. Yeah. Um, So I got out of there. And um, my first, like, basically my first season in Hawaii was when I was 16, 17. And then... um, Well, before we get to that, what about your first... Where was your first local in Perth? What were you riding? Where were your first surfs? So I I guess Trig was my... So I grew up uh, with my old man pushing me up pushing me in on a foamy. Yep. Two brothers, um, two older brothers who um, both did the same thing. Yep. So pushing in at a, with a foamy at Madam's Pool. Madam's Met, Pool started yeah, out there. Yep. And then headed to Trig when we got got the balls yep. to get out Trig. <laughs> and then um, my it was actually my cousin who was older who had a bodyboard. He had a turbo bodyboard. Yep. So my older brother followed suit from him. Yep. And then um, it went, you know, down the line from there. Yeah. Um, and that's what originally got me into bodyboarding. So it was an older cousin who like, you know, the turbos were one of the, what they were coming at the original boards. He, I remember the boards that he had and they were like, you know, the polypropylene phone with a, looked like a piece of lino on top of it or mm. something, you know, I yeah. was like... And so we like I got myself a Max Seven, which was about oh that was the I best. remember the Max twenty Sevens. centimeters too yeah. big for me at that time yeah. yeah but obviously got me from out the back to the beach yeah yeah um and then yeah so basically was growing up through that and by that time who my cousin who was riding a bodyboard had turned like to riding a surfboard so my older brother turned to riding a surfboard and me and my other brother st- still kept with it. And um, we jumped into like the the trig um, comp scene, yeah, and all that when we were grums and grew up, and that's how I met guys like Duck and guys like um, Chris White, uh, yep. Brad Hughes, yep, um, yeah, those kind of guys are the guys who I still hang out with, and yeah, and those guys are obviously yeah, you know, we'll, we'll be no doubt they'll be popping up many times again, but they all, you know, Brad Hughes was a professional bodyboarder and Chris White was a was a real good lid as well, but became the video guy and you guys made crazy movies. So yeah, you you met all there, but you guys ended up having a, a long 
career that uh, probably went a lot further than you ever could imagine. I yeah. would thought from those that's early a, days at, at Triggs. It all blossomed through the competition, you know, and I think that's a huge part of, um, like, for kids growing up, if they want to, like, you know, they might, if they want to just meet people and move somewhere, like, get somewhere with the sport, you just, like, as much as everyone wants to be a free surfer, you just have to do that competition scene yeah. and... Yeah. That it might it just leads to different things, you know. Yeah, like yeah. it just that's how you. Met, I met all my friends for life, you know. So, yeah. you know, Trig Point. I mean, uh, I mean, I grew up in Rockingham, and uh, Trig Point. Sorry about that. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned a lot of lifelong lessons there. Um, but you know, growing up as a young bodyboarder surfing Trig Point, what? How was the the, the localism between the stand ups and the bodyboarders? Because I know a few Trig Point locals, and they were pretty protective of. We're of, talking probably early nineties. Yeah, it's probably going yeah. back. Maybe you're a bit when, still young for that, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it was gnarly. Like yeah. I, we would barely make the effort to surf the point. To be honest, we'd no. just go down the beach. Like mate, I, I did the same. Part, and right? I was on a stand up, and uh, <laughs> I was just—you were scared, mate. In the nineties, it was grommet abuse. And yeah. You were just. Scared. They were pretty and protective then, of Trick Point. Some of the locals, yeah, right? Yeah, they were. It was a gnarly place. It was busy, and then you know, early nineties, I guess. Um, that that whole uh, rivalry. Um, of surfers looking down at uh, I think I think Gene Hardy mentioned it on our potty he said everyone felt threatened because all these surfers and all the young kids who are supposed to be the next generation of surfers mm. are all riding bodyboards and they felt threatened and there was a lot of animosity between surfers and and bodyboard riders back then I, I, I know because I went to a stand up then I went to a lid for a little bit so I felt it mate I was a yeah. 13 year old lid down at Triggs and down at Seconds and all that and mate yeah you you wouldn't go at the point because some twenty-one-year-old big man, yeah, yeah. <laughs> would uh, bit of grommet abuse yeah, would would, would mate, go down, oh, right? Yeah, little bodyboarding <laughs> kid, you'd, you'd get flogged. You wouldn't want to be anywhere near there. So I'm sure you experienced a lot of that, Chatty. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like funny you bring up Gene as well because like going through that stage when I first started competition in Perth, like there was always guys like his younger brother, like Ryan. Ryan Hardy and Gene who, Hardy, yep. Yeah, who was who was obviously one of the more well-known bodyboarders in the state at the time. Um, and it, he was like, can I give my salute or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Save it till later, mate. Yeah, um, yeah he, was, he was probably like for like more me be, being amazed these days, one guy who took me under his wing and just like that at, after that stage, I spent more time staying with him down south as opposed to going to school and everything like that. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. As opposed to it going was to definitely school. A, yeah. definitely a safe place. You're going place. to the school of Hardy. <laughs> it was definitely the a safe place. school of Hard Knocks yeah. with the Hardy brothers. That's yeah. uh, what a school that is. Yeah. But yeah. That's, he's the type of guy that take anyone under his wing. Yeah. Like anyone who's committed. So. Yeah, cool. He would, yeah, that like I can't thank the, the Hardys enough actually. Yeah, awesome. so them guys have done a lot. So at what point did you, uh, I mean... A lot of the kids like myself and that were on bodyboards and, and then you ended up progressing to a surfboard. At what sort of point did you go, I'm not going to go to a surfboard, I'm going to stick with the bodyboard here? So how did that happen? Was there... For sure, guys like the Hardys. Yeah. Like, yeah, like um, doing the competition scene, which I really loved. Yeah. And I think that like got me a little bit addicted to the competition thing. Yeah. And like, you know, I was so deep and kind of do, doing well in competition. So well, I, was I like, find that people that go back recur, uh, recur, to recurring competitions are generally the ones that do well. Mm. And the ones that don't do well are like, eh, I might do something else. So yeah. Obviously, well, you were doing well at comps and it felt good to, to made, win comps and stuff. I reckon you're right. Yeah. yeah. So like, I, 
you know, went well in a couple of comps. So, yeah, I guess that's where you decide what you're going to do. Like, it was just naturally for me. I was... And as much as the animosity was there, it was a really growing sport, like popularity-wise in the early 90s, mid-90s. Like, there was, it was a new sport, sort of, even though the bodyboard had been around for a bit. It hadn't really had a lot of popularity, but they were making much newer and better bodyboarders and, and the fins and the flipper savers and all the gear. And so many young kids I know were... Mate, I was talking to my mate Noza today about it and um, because I was telling him about the potty we're about to do today. And I said, mate, I remember being 13 or 12 or whatever it was. I got my first fiberglass surfboard and, mate, I was scared shitless of the thing. The sharp fins and the nose and I was riding closeouts in trigs. I could never make the takeoff. And, and then I jumped on a bodyboard and I was just having fun. I was just fluffing around, doing spinners. And I was like, and I was a little kid, you know, and, and so... I think a lot of little kids went, oh man, surfing so hard and gnarly, you go on a lid and you go out and you just have fun. You're just stuffing around, having fun, pulling in little closeout barrels, getting tube visions, you know, like, so yeah, that was... um, You hit the nail on the head there, like that's what it has always ever been about, like... I would think that bodyboarders would have never cared about anything that you you know talked about with the animosity towards them. Yeah, because they just mm. want to have fun. Yeah, would there, is there such a thing as uh, like a free surfing bodyboarder? You know, like you get some of the surfers back in the nineties, like Margot is a good example for would would be paid to free surf. Uh, could, were bodyboarders doing the same sort of thing? Was there it, was. Yeah. Yep. So like like you're saying, the early nineties times where there was the guys like. Bullet McKenzie, Matt Riley, Epo, all, yeah, Epo, all the guys from Cronulla really were a big influence on everyone because they had Shark Island and they a couple Shark of those Island. deadly. They had slabs the underground tapes because they were getting oh, all the video. I used to have one of them video parts. Yeah, 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 that's what we grew up on. So those that that was you know to me that still seems like one of the most exciting times in yeah. bodyboarding, but those guys were all heavy in the competition scene. Yeah, and yeah, like um. I think we all went into the competition scene like because of watching them, but we we evolved from the tension series yep. as well. Yeah, which means you could become a free surfer, right? Yeah, because if you're in these videos, then you you're promoting yourself and making something of yourself. So that was a big step forward for bodyboarding. I think those tension series because they were getting bought by people who didn't even know what a bodyboard was. Yeah, you know, yeah. talking about competitions, what sort of gets the the wins in, in competitive bodyboarding? What, what are they looking at? What scores the highest? Is it airs? Is it? Yep. So barrels are always scored the highest, but yeah, if you're doing an air, combination air, maneuvers, combination yep. maneuvers, much much similar to surfing for sure. Yep. But um, yeah, combination of maneuvers, and if you're doing the like. If surfers are doing the highest air, highest air right, they get the highest score. Yep. Same thing for a What about pulling yeah. in on doing a drop knee, pulling in into a barrel? Is that is that a score? I don't know much about drop knee, to be honest. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I should have got Kim Feast in here for that one. He's, he's a local guru, Feasty. So, sorry for me. That's a whole different division. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you're, if, yeah. <laughs> if you're in a comp, I guess... Yeah, but so regular comp, you get up drop knee. I don't know how you'd be scored. Oh, really? I don't is think. It, is it that left field? If someone got up in in a main comp, whereas like six to eight foot pits, and everyone's getting pits. I think they think you're fucking round. Really? Yeah. Well, I don't be, know. It'd be like someone pulling switch Sorry, or something. You reckon? <laughs> no, that's a good question. Because I um because I do see bodyboarders occasionally. Um, pull a drop knee. I thought that looks pretty. But sick. But there's a drop knee division, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. 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 Really? Ducky's yeah. got something he wants to say here. Yeah, well, in the old days. Um, before it was a kind of world tour, I suppose, 
uh, they used to have all these PSA uh, events in California and stuff. And at that time, they scored drop knee the same as as kind of prone, you know, as riding on your belly right. or standing up on the bodyboard, which um, a few guys used to do as well. It was Danny guy Kim. Danny Kim? He was really good, like amazing. Um, so it was kind of like a level playing field at that point in time. That must have been early 90s. And then after that, it kind of fractioned out a bit where they'd have contests like uh, divisions purely for drop knee and separated it a bit. Okay. And the drop kneeers were kind of a bit up in arms about that because they felt that their way of riding the board should have been, you know, rewarded as equally as... Sounds like Ducky's a drop knee to me. Your belly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, did, I, was, I was drop knee. I Most. Loved, loved, loved the <laughs> but um, it was interesting how it kind of factioned. It was almost like two separate types of... Definitely. Uh, factions of riding the wave on a boogie. Am you I know? picking up you're not a drop knee fan? <laughs> I've I've never ever done drop knee. Like, really? No, nah, I obviously tried it, but it's never succeeded. Because to me and Tebow, I'm sort of thinking the same thing as Tebow in that it's like just another style just, of riding just, your board. Just like a move. It's just yeah, a, a barrel move. technique almost. Yeah, it's like or, a barrel technique or a move. Or it's a, like, oh, this guy's done a no-hands backhand barrel and this guy did a pig dog. So we're sort of looking at it like that going, oh... And then you were just laughed at us like, you, well, you know what? I, I would me. No never... one would ever pull a drop knee in a comp. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought if someone busted one out, it'd be like, oh, sick, nah, man. Like, I, like, I, mixing I, it up. Me personally, I would never think of getting <laughs> I can learn something drop knee because of, that's just me. But it is 100% harder. Upon. It's harder. Oh, it's hard. Yeah, that's what I thought. No, it it's harder. harder. It is. Yeah, it's harder. It's, if, harder. If, it's like if I was on the same wave and was thinking of getting up drop knee, I'd be like, well, what's the point? I'm just going to fall off. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, definitely harder. Like, yeah. no disrespect to drop knees at all. Yeah. Like, um, oh, that it's is, harder. It's harder. Yeah. I like, laugh because I can't do it. It's slippery. You got, it'd be yeah. way slipperier. Yeah. You don't have your feet and your flippers holding you in like a big fin. You, exactly. Mate, you, nah. Not to mention, mate, the, the whole reason litters can make all these gnarly waves, which we'll all get into... It's because they'd never had to stand up. Like, if you got to try to get to your feet while that reef is doubling out and sucking out on you, that's the hardest part in surfing. We're all okay. Once we get to our feet, we're all a 90% chance of making it. It's just making it to your feet, you know? So getting to the drop knee is, is similar, isn't it? you got to get <laughs> yeah. up, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. But anyway, yeah. no, they don't like it. Cool. So, mate, um, <laughs> whatever, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> don't not like it. Mate. I don't mind it. Yeah. I, if I could do what I could do prone, drop knee, yeah. you'd, I'd probably be the, be the best body rower in the world, right? <laughs> because all that stuff, if you could do a drop knee, that's yeah. unbelievable. So, it's almost yeah. undoable. And Keith, uh, <laughs> now that I think about it, I haven't seen anyone drop knee the right yet. So, <laughs> Feasty drop knees the right. Fe Feasty, Kim yeah. Feast from yeah. Gracetown, photographer. He's got a He's cover a from Jesus the right. Jesus Christ. Does he? Yep. No way. There you go. He's what, from, from takeoff or just when he makes toe the drop? surely. Yeah, yeah, toe in. Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's not very many people that have paddled out there. So No, no. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, mate. That's um, impressive. Yeah, we're, we're we're getting gloriously sidetracked as we do, but that's what we're here for. Um, we started early days up there, so sounds like uh, I, I was going to ask you, you know, how did you end up? Well, you, tell us about say your first trip down south. Obviously, the the Hardys had a had a big hand in that and coming up in comps and that. No doubt, you. I usually ask everyone where the first time you got clean face or first time you you, you got a first tube. But I think on the bodyboard, you. 
you're so young when you get your first tube. You just get a little closeout tube at bloody Malalu Beachy, don't you? Like, yeah. you can get it. But what, what was your first memorable tube? I, I, you know, I'm where, where, where it was like, you know, you got a tube. First trip down south. Was this it? the most vivid thing yeah. for me ever. Tell us about it, Jody. Like, in the family car, in the back, rock up, yelling up, like... Where are we? Is this fucking Market River? Like, we're, you know. Who took you down Is there? this Your the dad? box? Like, <laughs> who yeah, took you? The old man. Yeah. So and did he full, surf? Full, full family trip. So, cousins. Oh, old boy didn't surf? He did. He rode a bodyboard. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. No way. Cousins who had a place in the bay, Gracetown, this is who rode a bodyboard. Yep. Who we um, followed. Um, yep. So, we were staying with them at Quarrimup Bay. Like, actually, this is what happened. We rocked up at Yelling and I was like, oh, you know, is this North Point? Because <laughs> obviously we're told all these stories, right? Yeah. Nah, we're just watching yelling up. It's like ten foot offshore, and we're like, "Holy shit! Like this is crazy." Yep. Make our way to the bay, like, and basically getting chucked out there as a little kid, just like, "Yep, yep." They're all at North Point, so it's just like, "All right, super dumb." Just go out there, you know, <laughs> right? It's the stupidest fucking decision ever. <laughs> So, like, that's my experience from being a tiny kid going out into ridiculously big waves, which I shouldn't have been out in. Yep. Obviously, I didn't get barreled out there. No. I duck dived for a while and came in, and that was it. Did your dad go Actually, out? you know, I ended up at Senna's. Oh, did you? Ended up at Senna's with my old man catching, which seemed like foam, right? Just yep. white water. And that was great for me. Awesome, yeah. And just watching my cousin over at North Point getting barreled. No way. So that was my first trip down. Uh, first barrel, I, don't, I wouldn't really know. Like you said, you pull into a million closeouts and like, yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> the best ones I always found at Triggs when we're on lids, because it was always just a big long closeout. So you get your mate like twenty meters that way, and you'd go twenty meters that way, and you'd just ride. I the spy. Clo- yeah, I spy. Yeah, I spy. and you'd just like go, and you'd just pull into the barrel, close that barrel, and wave to each other. And get Many done. I spies. Yeah, that was always a good. Uh, memory from riding a lead as a kid. I we suppose, we yeah. surfed a lot of Gravishori. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when we were in Perth, a lot of Gravishori. Gravis was my first reef break. <laughs> well, so yeah, yeah, that's probably mine too. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's what I mean. It was huge. That was, we was, used to go there. You ever go to Penguin Island? I didn't, no. Pango Bommy. Yeah, that was my first reef break. Yeah. Throw that go. in. Yeah. Is that Rockingham? Rocco, yeah, yeah. mate. Yeah. Yep. No. Breed them tough down there. Yeah. 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 Send their 12 year old kids out to a <laughs> seal infested shark <laughs> oh, riddled yeah. Exactly. Yeah. island that you got to paddle. Surf over two inches of reef. <laughs> <laughs> For a shitty little wave. But, uh, novelty. Yeah. Novelty oh, wave. We thought I'm it was, yeah. Well, it, back in the day, it felt like a pretty good oh, wave. But uh, when you look at it now, I think, oh, fuck. So, yeah, so first trip down there, that sounds um, pretty cool, mate. It's always so daunting the, the first time you you grow up in Perth, like most of us did, you know, and, and you rock up down south for the first time. It always seems to be huge every time, and you paddle out, and, and even if it's like, yeah, huzzers, or it doesn't matter where it is, it, it's huge. Compared to Perth, it doesn't matter which break you're at. The first time you lay eyes on it, paddle out, you're just like, holy shit, it's a whole other ball game. And, um, yeah, it's always pretty exciting, and obviously memorable for you there so mate that was your first trip down south what about um obviously you got the got the lust for it um pretty early and started coming back down pretty regularly um tell us about some of those other sort of early regular trips um with i'm assuming you hooked up with the hardies and started hitting uh all sorts of gnarly slabs down here any memorable sessions that stand out in in those early down south trips there yep so um being in the competition scene you'd like always meet a lot of older crew not saying you're old duck but (laughs) 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 
<laughs> we all, also um, the Lawrence brothers, who were um, pretty big in bod- WA bodyboarding. For Nick that and time. Andy. Nick and Andy Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good mates with Nick and Andy. Yep. yep. So um, I ended up doing a lot of car trips with them. Whilst yeah, cool. you know, while I was supposed to be at school, yeah. <laughs> could be just day trips or anything, but just like that's what they were doing at that time. Yeah, and I was lucky enough to get a seat in the car. You know, like didn't think about how lucky I was at that time. I just thought I was probably a you know cheeky little shit. You know, so yep, I I find myself so lucky to have got in with the older crew. You know, like four or five years older than me who have got their licenses and given me a lift down south. And like, yeah. it's a pretty big fucking responsibility for those oh, blokes yeah. to be taking me down as well because mm-hmm. yeah. I'm an idiot. Like, I'm, yeah. what am I like? <laughs> We're all idiots. Yeah, yeah. like I'm you're that, liable I'm, for this little idiot exactly, in the back of your yeah. car. Yeah, and that's at the same stage. I'm like getting blindfolded to go down to mufflers and stuff like that (laughs) like by like Courtney McKay and all those kind of blokes and I'm like just like obviously rocking up did they actually blindfold you I got blindfolded they they buried my head probably in their asses or something (laughs) buried my head so I couldn't see where we're going which where the I wouldn't know where the fuck we're going at that age anyway right I had no clue you didn't even have a car no car no clue and they're still burying my head blindfold me so yeah (laughs) Because I think, you know, Courtney McKay was probably one of... Were you playing I Spy when you were blindfolded with the boys there, mate? I don't know what's going on. Yeah. No, I've, I've, uh, I've partied on with Courts here, actually. I'm mate, mate, good mates with Courts. Yeah. Uh, he, many years ago. Shout out to Courtney McKay. He's, uh, he's a legend. I haven't seen him in a long time. Well, he's certainly one of the original dudes to be, to get around mufflers and that with a few other crew, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, to be in those circles, it was lu- extremely lucky for me. I can't um, believe they blindfolded you. Oh, they it's did. It's like, mate, for those that don't know, like, everyone knows where it is these days. Of and, course. You know, like... Well, if, it, you, if you dare to drive your car through that fucking swamp on yeah, the way well, through. Right. Yeah, <laughs> And the limestone ridge that uh, got its name Mufflers. It's not about the wave, it's because it rips the muffler out of your car. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, no, that's classic, man. Nah, yeah, that <laughs> was like... That was some great memories of, like, trips down south, but... um. You know, stuff that was most memorable when I was really, really young was just watching Hardy at Box. I didn't even surf it. I just paddle out. He just basically... I was just about to ask you about... My next question was uh, first Box memory. So here yeah. we go. So that's him taking me out at Box. Just Ryan showing Hardy? Me, yeah, Ryan Hardy. Just Gene was probably there too. Yep. And just showing me basically how to get out, all those kind of things. Yeah, and I wouldn't have. I didn't. The first sessions, I wouldn't even surf it. I'd just watch him and fucking blow my mind. Did you? Absolutely blow my mind. Yeah, so that's that was definitely that first box session. I didn't even take a wave. How many times did you paddle out before you took a wave? You reckon? Yeah, I think after the first time, yep, I so would have got a wave. Time, yeah, second time. Yeah, right. but man, I was so in awe watching him. Like, and he's not that much older than me. And he was yeah, just but so. He grew up there. <laughs> he was just so ahead, though, like yeah. way far. Did ahead. you did you feel like you had it in your DNA? You know, when you were that age, that you thought, yeah, fuck, I can do that. I can take off in slabs like that. I never ever thought that, but I was always thrown into that. Right, right. Like it's like your first trip down south when you're a little kid. It's like go out at North Point. It's like this is fucking. You look back at that and go, that was the stupidest thing I've ever done. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I was way younger when I got thrown out in that. You know, mm-hmm. and what 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 can you do? Like my. My old man and everyone like that, so they're very protective, you know. So for him to have done that, he I don't know if he knew what he was doing. <laughs> I think he fucked up there. <laughs> Sounds like he didn't know what he was doing either, but uh, that's good. Oh, it's good, mate. It's good that he got you out there. And So, mate, yeah, I mean, the box back then was, I mean, it was pretty new. Like everyone had been watching it for a pretty long time in the 80s and no one was really 
It was in the realm of unwritable because it was mostly stand-ups. And, yep. and I, I guess that's something else we'll come across a lot here because the realm of unwritable is where the bodyboard excelled, didn't it? I mean, that was all about that. But um, my early 90s, mid-90s, late 90s, um, the box was really one of the most um, popular bodyboarding waves in, in the world. In a, definitely in Australia, if not the world, it was... You know, I'm sure many magazines and videos, there was a lot of focus on the box. Um, so I guess as a bodyboarder and competing, you it was, I mean, is that right what I'm saying there? Yeah, like you're exactly right. Like late 90s, you had guys like Tamaga and stuff flying over just to surf box, you know, and they've got these video parts coming out. Yeah. Of them guys out there, and it might not have even been that good, but they just it just looked gnarly. You it was know? the name as well. Jay Real, all it? those kind of guys. These are guys from Brazil, America, and all that flying over to surf there. Yeah, yep. and so that's what it like how it happened for me. Like after that, I did my first season in Hawaii, 16, 17 years old, and was like, I'm not going home to Perth. That's it. Yeah. I'm done. Like yep. met. Um, so, yeah, I think we're at that time. That, that was a good segue. Tell us about the first time you went to Hawaii, mate. Yeah, so Hawaii, like 16, 17. That's um, early to go to Hawaii, isn't it? And that, very early. <laughs> that was after like... Um, getting out of the nappies. Like that was after like kind of getting a few good video parts from surfing North Point. Right. And, and not knowing I had a few really big expectations on myself. I, and I didn't really know until later... That they were like, oh yeah, you know. We had you gotten sponsors by that stage. I had sponsors and everything, but I didn't know the expectations on me because of like, um, the the video parts that I'd had surfing north, which is like, yeah. you know, one of the main bigger waves that you get getting barreled on. Yeah. So I had all that and not really thinking much of it because it just is, I, was what it was. I, it was what it was for me, and I yeah, didn't really was, think much of it. And yeah. and I had all these people talking, and I didn't know that they were talking. So I got to Hawaii and. Hawaii is the most intimidating place in the fucking world, right? Yeah. You know, sure. Yeah. Yep. So you go out at pipe for four hours, catch one foamy piece of shit wave, and you go in. <laughs> <laughs> mate, I could only imagine in the what late nineties. We're talking mid nineties. Oh man, I got like, told to go in so many fucking. Times. <laughs> a little sixteen-year-old <laughs> yeah. bodyboarder from Australia yeah. in ninety-five. Go in, Fuck bra. Go would. in, bra. <laughs> just, so, so, mate, <laughs> you would have been right just, at the bottom, mate. Eh, my head was the, down nonstop. Yeah. Oh, you just, wouldn't have looked anyone in the eye, would you? Nah. Yeah. Can you can you tell <laughs> us some uh, gnarly experiences when uh, during that time, like? Is anyone that we know that told you to uh, go in any no, heavy wine? No, I wouldn't have known who they were. Yeah. That's like how dumb I was. Like that, I'd go in from these surfs going, who the fuck was that telling me to go in <laughs> Dane today? Dane Keir Lower or someone? Yeah, or? like who was it today? You know what I mean? Like it's just because we were... So you just got sent in multiple times. Tiny little grommets. You know, you got yeah. Husey, little redhead kid, who's a year <laughs> younger than me. Oh, shit. And then, you, and then like, so he's what, like 16, 15, 16, and I'm 16, yep. 17, we're sitting on the fucking end section of pipe and these guys are paddling out going, go in. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't hear him. Did you hear him? Because <laughs> like, we wanted to stay out, right? Yeah, yeah. So we just Even put just our, to watch. Oh, we put our heads down and stayed out as long as we could, but. I take it you knew Mike, Mike Stewart back then, right? Was Mike, we knew. We knew yeah, so he was. But did you see him out there? didn't know who we were. No, but <laughs> no, was no. Mike out, out there when you, yeah, that first trip? Absolutely. Yeah. That would have been a uh, bit of a buzz for you oh, guys. Yeah, though. absolutely. But I mean, there were so many guys in Australia who were surfing well as well that we yeah. just wanted to watch there because we'd seen all the video parts of them 
before and you know you ha- you have a vision in your mind and it's fucking nothing like what yeah. it is when you get there so we surfed a lot of other waves um and you know we would have chris who was surfing tension series at the times and chris stuff White. so yeah so yeah. it was lucky for us that you know like he's getting to film all them guys like spencer skipper and all them dudes who surf really well out there jeff hubbard and all them guys and then he'd still come and surf us at like Sorry, film us at like log cab. We were staying at log cabins. Our very yeah. first trip, we stayed at the log cabin. Right. At log cabins. Oh, okay. Sweet. Yeah, with like Brett oh, Hardy. I didn't know that was named after an actual log cabin. It had on an the beach. A- there was an actual log cabin and okay. we were staying at it. Yeah, yeah it was like sweet. Brett Hardy and. Um, I actually, I, you know what? I thought it was actually because when you're in the tube, it was like being in a log cabin. No, no one ever told me that. I saw that. I just thought that. But no, it was in the log cabin. We you were stayed there. there. We were and at you were the there original with who? log cabin. Brett, Brett Hardy and, and. Yeah, yeah. Um, God's name, but yeah, like a couple of surfers and that, and as well as us, and um, yeah, so yeah, we still got the chance to you know do what we needed to do in Hawaii, get this film, big deathly pits, yeah, film and all that. But yeah, like I expectations for me were completely blown out. Like I, I think everyone, you know, it was was just so hard. Like pipe was just such a hard prospect. Like I I would almost lost hope. After that first year, I would think, but then <laughs> yeah. still went back fucking six years in a row after that, you know. But yeah, and did you ever end up catching an epic pipe bomb, or did that come in competition? I reckon a couple of years after that, I got a really, really bad wipeout where I ended up in hospital. Yeah, um, Ducky did mention that one. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so I um, I it was like a um, it was just a super intense. Uh, deep tissue wound where I had to, I ended up in like a hospital on the other side of town and like I'd it I'd free surf hit the bottom free surfing and got it was this is funny actually I got um I crawled up the beach to where I like as far as I could crawl yep. laid down and then um I think <laughs> so you just what happened you pulled into the tube or you didn't yeah, let pulled, the drop like, or? dropped free fell just splat just um, splattered straight on, on the your reef. guts and just yep. splattered, splattered into the reef. into the reef and then I'm... Um, from the takeoff spot? From right the takeoff, right on the peak. Yep. Crawled into the beach as far as I could get up the beach, laying there and I think, Husey's come in, who I'll stay with. Yep. And he's like, oh, what's happened? I go, oh, my, you know, my, back's, my back's fucked. And he's like, oh, what are you going to do? I go, I, I don't know, I can't walk. And he goes, all right, we'll, we'll see you at home later then. <laughs> <laughs> Still out of grommet. Wait, these day and age, they he's rush wa- down with stretches. Nah. It doesn't matter who you are. He's walked off, and I'm no like, way. "Your I'm best like, mates just walked off, yeah, and left uh, you grovelling on the sand." He must have thought I was kidding or something, but I was like, "Whatever." <laughs> and then someone who had now there's a Clive Palmer nomination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> someone who had seen me crawl up the beach come up to me and he's like, "Are you I all right?" I'm like, some "I can't." Stranger, some I can't. Stranger. Yeah, and I was like, "I can't walk." Yeah, like I definitely can't walk, and like obviously instantly they thought that it was a spinal injury. Yeah, so I guess I got, they're more used to it though in Hawaii seeing that shit. Whereas your mate Yuzi's probably just like, oh yeah, you oh know, for like, sure. No, yeah. no one gets this fucked up at home, nah. you know. Like he's probably right, but people in Hawaii are probably like, oh shit, that dude's like, people die here all the time. That guy's in a bad way, and because he's talking to me, and like, I'm like. Probably acting like I'm all right, but I'm like, no, I can't walk. But <laughs> yeah, right. I, I don't know. I, I was like, I'll just wait here a little while. Maybe I can walk later. And he's like, all right, sweet. We'll see you later then. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, That's... like, yeah, someone who's seen me was like, yo, you're in a bad way, aren't you? And I'm like, I don't know. And then basically it was, I mean, within like five, ten minutes, I had to fucking whole 
life-saving thing over. Shit. Ambulers rocking up. I'm in a stretcher. I'm in a fucking neck brace. Yep. I'm getting carted away to hospital. And then, like, I knew Brad had found out a bit later and, like, obviously felt pretty fucking bad. <laughs> yeah. He's the first cunt at the hospital, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, he's there with flowers so and chocolates. You salute him. <laughs> you give him the salute for the biggest cunt, but he, then he's, like, there. He's the yeah. first one there. Um, yeah, yeah. And I'm, like, rocked up in this hospital bed and i'm looking down there's cockroaches and shit crawling around oh, really yeah because I, I didn't even know what hospital i was i yeah. must have been one of the, in the dodgy more ones. average ones <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> on the well, south south shore somewhere <laughs> you probably weren't rolling in cash at that stage I'm well no and- that's what everyone was saying they're like you know but i i had travel insurance yeah good and it was a Saved my fucking, yeah, it saved for me, saved yeah, everything. It would have been expensive in US dollars and yeah. massive, yeah. So basically, I spent, I don't even, I think I was like, did not, I was so, I didn't want to stay in that hospital, like, no, you know, yeah. all the cockroaches and shit. And I was like, I'm not staying here, I'm not doing it. So I like got myself out and got myself back t- to the log cabin. <laughs> <laughs> back to the log cabin. No, I don't know. I think it was maybe a year after that we were staying somewhere else, but got myself back and um, yeah, I was horizontal. What was the diagnosis? For about two weeks. Yeah, right. Two weeks on your back. Just fucking laid out. Wow. Yeah. And like, you know how you've got the muscles either side of your spine? Yeah. Mine was completely missing. Just gone. Just separated or something? So it got smashed so hard. It was just like a fucking... Like a bashed abalone. Pile of goo. Yeah. Yeah. It's like (laughs) a bashed abalone. (laughs) Yeah. Bashed abalone spine. Sounds like old ducky here. We won't get into that, but... (laughs) Poor yeah. old ducky suffering a pretty severe spinal injury at the moment from too many big gnarly tubes, much much <laughs> like the one that Chuddy's telling us about right now. Yeah, it has been mentioned on earlier podcasts, Ducky's um, hard charging injuries, but we'll, we'll get to that another time because Ducky's got his own stories. But uh, yeah, he's packed too many big pits in his time and he's suffering the consequences at the moment, <laughs> much like Chuddy and his bashed abalone in early Hawaiian seasons. Well, that was my first back injury anyway. Was it? First one, yeah. We're getting to the That's other the one. That's the first one, it, yeah. There's a worse one coming. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, cool. Um, so um, Hawaii early days, young Gromit getting fuck all and probably just getting... Go having a pack, go out to half closeouts to to get your clips. I'm imagining to where where you because they weren't getting them at pipe. Sounds right, um, mate. Where did you get into? The, I mean, obviously the competing was going pretty well. Um, at what stage did you start competing in Hawaii or the World Tour? Because you're on the World Tour for like six years or something. So, yep. Uh, where did that transition happen? And and when did um, yeah tell us about some of the early comps at at pipe? Because obviously there's always been a bodyboarding comp at pipe, hasn't there? Yeah, there has. Um, I mean, like I said, I um, that first year I was like 16, 17, and I was like, I'm never going back to Perth ever. Mm-hmm. So I moved. I met a, f- a few crew on that trip that lived um, down in Margs. They yep. lived in Ellensbrook for um, their family had lived there forever, like built their house there and that. And they had a caravan at their house, right? Sick. This is a different story, kind of a bit off what you're no, saying. No, let's go. That's, that's But cool. yeah, so they had a caravan and, that, and she was like, yeah you can stay in the caravan. So like their family lived in the caravan and like she ended up moving to Queensland pretty much straight after that. So I'm living in a caravan with like Husey and another guy, Ben Sukunik at the time. And um, <laughs> basically we were, we started working on the vineyards and shit down here. As everyone did. And we didn't get the best name for ourselves working <laughs> on the vineyards. <laughs> like <laughs> Rough as guts, were you? So we were rough as guts. Plus we were the guys that left halfway through the day. Yep. <laughs> Because we went, wanted to go surfing, right? So yeah. that was when you were talking about surfing box. We surfed box flat out 
for literally like that whole season, that two seasons that we were yeah. down there, with no one around. Yeah, we right. would surf it, just us, no one around, and like as good as it gets at that stage. And yeah. we were just like, well, you know, what the fuck is going on? Why is no oh, one... Was this like 95, 98? Yeah, this is late, late 90s. This late is 90s. late 90s, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, like they were some of the... Some of the best waves and some of the best times of my whole life. Sick. And we ended up graduating ourselves from the caravan to... So, you know, when you're building a house, you can sometimes live in a shed or a... Yeah, a house, they a call sh- it. Yep, something yep. like that. So, shed they had house. this little cabin. Moved log, in, log cabin? We thought, not so loggy. <laughs> more, more aluminium cabin. Not so loggy as dilapidated. <laughs> yeah, all right. Anyway, into the cabin we were and it, um, very quickly got the name um, The Batcave. Oh, yeah? Because every night before I went to sleep, I had to grab the long tongs. Barbecue tongs? Long, long barbecue tongs and grab all the bats out. Really? <laughs> so I'd grab all the little bats out and they're like, prong the bats and their wings would fly out the side. Grab the bats, put them outside and then everyone could go to sleep. Yeah, right. So one time we were down there as well, like um, middle of the night, just me and Husey down in there in, this, in the dungeon. And then... Um, he started, I could hear him just like whacking himself. I'm like, what the fuck's he doing? He's, like, just, he's just rubbing one out over there. Well, well <laughs> I didn't say too much at the time, but he's like, whack, 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 whack. And I'm You're like, like Jesus, I don't, I don't do it that vigorously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what is going on? And he's just screaming. And I'm like, what the fuck's happened? Turn the light on. He's getting like hit with a scorpion. Scorpion's just like jabbing his chest and stomach and shit. And we're still pretty grommets at the time. We're just like, what the fuck do we do? Like, obviously, you don't have a phone. You can't Google Scorpion at that stage. No phones. Nah, nah. We're like, oh man, what do we do? Like, you've just been. How big a Scorpion are we talking? Oh, decent size, you know. What, like like 100 mil? 100 mil Scorpion. Really? I didn't think we got Scorpions that big here. Inside his. Pajama fucking <laughs> shirt <laughs> and just continuously oh, that's rough. sticking the sticking the, the spear in. Scorpion King. And we're like, what do we do? So we walk up like to the house and we're like, do you, like the parents, like, you know, her parents, and I'm like, we're like, listen, like <laughs> sorry to do this to you, but my mate's just been <laughs> continuously stabbed by a scorpion. What do we do? And, the, and like the old man there was the big he's the biggest legend of all time. And he's just like, like oh, scorpion. cut it out with a knife. Yeah. No, nah, he's like, scorpion. Fuck, peace. That's fine. Go back to bed. Like, you'll <laughs> be right. He's just got these big welts and shit. Oh, that's stomach. heavy. Yeah, well, but at least we don't get deadly scorpions in Australia, obviously, which is weird because we got deadly everything else. That's right. But, yeah, um, I think it's like Mexico and all that. They got the deadly scorpions. He just they? had the mega welts. Oh, like, it sounds like horrible. Either way. Bats and scorpions. Yeah. And, yeah. Actually, so I didn't. Yeah. Where were we? I didn't even know where we were at. No, we well. It's just got a few notes here, but we'll, we, I think we started it up to, to touch on competitive surfing. Yeah, it was mate. competitive, yeah. but um, yeah, we ended. You, you wanted to take it back to when yep. you went to Hawaii. You re, you said I'm never going back to Perth. Yep, and that's uh, when you decided to move down south because you realised Perth didn't have the waves on nope. offer after getting a taste of Hawaii, and and then I guess um, you know after hitting box and all that for so long. Um, obviously, the the competition cycle maybe started to ramp up. You started to get more prolific, I, I guess. If you were, you know, le- um, living and eating, breathing the box, and um, mate, did the comps start to fire up then? And and then, I mean, what comp was in place? Was there a, there was no qualifying system, or how did you get onto the big league? No. And then how did that lead you to a, a comp in Hawaii? I think that's what we were trying to. Yeah, get you're right. To. 
There was yep. no qualifying, yep. So How did you right. get on the fucking tour then? <laughs> yeah, so um, basically at that stage we were when we were down there, so we were pretty heavy on the Australian tour. Yep. Which was pretty big at that time because it had a lot of really, really good bodyboarders on it. And like, you know, it was pretty... Um, if you could win an Australian tour event, it was almost... Like up yep. there with a the, with a welter event because like yep. all the best bodyboarders you know were in it and and a lot of body, like a lot of bodyboarders from overseas would come and do Australian tour events. Yeah. Um. So we we were heavy into Australian tours and when we were down living in Marks, that that was the main travel we were doing. We were doing our like Australia wide travel as well as a few other overseas trips, but just like they were trips like video trips and stuff like that. Not so much competition, and that was um. Because <clears throat> I, I, I stayed at that place for around five years. Oh, yeah? Like See, in Margs, in, yeah. yeah. Um, until it got to about 2004, which is when I um, ended up back in Perth because of a broken back. But um, yep, Which we're getting to. Yeah, but um, yeah, so we were... That stage, we were heavy on the Australian tour, which was really competitive anyway, yeah. Yep. And then... Um, so so you, you basically what got ranked off the australian tour or something and then and then well what what sort of world tour was in place in say 99 yep so what, the what, any what, was it just the one comp thing still any, or? anyone could enter the world tour right you just had to qualify through the rounds almost it wasn't it wasn't like a was, qualifying series yeah but you had to get through really early rounds so they had a lot of time for you to surf yeah right through the so, rounds. so it almost went on just a um, honesty system of like well they wanted you know, the, they wanted of, the of entries yeah. Oh, they just wanted the entries. They wanted the entries. Yeah. So yeah, they wanted so people they, to and they enter. just sort of hoped that not total fucking kooks would just put their names down. It for didn't these matter if you were a total kook. They'd just take your money and you get bundled out first. That's right. But there wasn't. This wasn't that many people that it wasn't an issue. No. So anyone could just go in if you had the money to turn up in Chile or wherever the next comp was. Or, or yep. I, I mean, you could just. Well, go the in World Tour was like that. Stand up was like that as well, Adzi. Was it? Yeah, back in the eighties. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Could have a crack. R- r- yeah, if um, you, you could, anyone could could enter a competition. Yeah, right. So huh. it was sort of similar. It's sort of pretty cool in a way, isn't yeah. it? Like, because then you just get some fucking guru, like local guru, who's just like, hey, I'll have a go. Well, you know, he might, he might know the get, wave, right? Might, yeah, yeah, that's right, and go out and just get pitted. It, yeah. So yeah, it's almost like a raw wild card, isn't it? Yeah. So that's. So what, is that what you did? Um, what What was the first world tour comp you went in? Well, then? as you can imagine, like not. Uh, like it was only the people who were sponsored that really had the money to do it, right? Yeah. And if you was if you were working and had the time off to do it, then you would do it as well. But it costs a lot of money, so you had to be pretty committed. So yeah, you had to enter the comp, which was like 150, 200 US. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you had to like get your air tickets and everything if you yep. wanted to do it. So you had to hang around for two weeks. You had to have yep. a little bit of confidence that you were gonna where you wanted to go. Yeah. So that's why it was structured that way because it was like anyone local in that area they they could enter it because they were you know that's they're supporting it's more like supporting the comp. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. So yeah. you were there supporting the comp and so yeah, there was never like you know you wouldn't get more than like ten Aussies. Yeah. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. But like maybe ten to fifteen. Yeah, and where where was most. your first big success in a comp? Then was there one that? On the main stage where you really um, stamped your authority and, and or maybe just made a name for yourself and went, okay, I'm, I'm fucking, I can throw my hat in the ring with the best of them here. I think my best result was a box. Was it? Of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, my best result um, was at box. What, did you um, win, win the box? Contest? I didn't win it. No, nah, no. Nah, I think I was like semi-final. 
Oh yeah. So yeah, like that was my best result in an event, and like you know that got you enough points to get right up there. Yeah. Through the year and everything, but um, the competition scene was kind of weird for me. So it, it it took me however many years to realize that I didn't want to do it, and the like basically, I, I was doing. <clears throat> so anyway, there was this end of the year Australian tour event at D Bar. Yep. And um. At that um, stage, I was um, really good mates with the Hazard Twins. And so I was staying with Dean Harrington. And I've gone over there two weeks before the comp. And he's just like, because he's such a legend, he's going, you know, you can take my car, do whatever, yeah, to right. go surfing whenever you want. So I, that's what I did. Like, I <clears throat> I put my heart and soul into this one event because it was worth a fair bit. It was like worth a fair bit of money at that stage. It was like five grand or something if you win. Anyway, I got there early. I, I, um, Practiced every single day at D-Bar, um, went into the event, got into like around, got through to around the semifinals where I was like, you're always surfing with guys that you know, right? Yep. So I'm in a, um, I'm in a semifinal. I'm in a semifinal with one of my best friends, like Mitch Rollins at the time. And he's, and he needed a, a score to get through. And he was like, oh, there was a wave coming. He's like, oh, let me get this one, you know? And I was like, nah you're not having it. And so I just kind of held my position, caught the wave. He got knocked out and he was pretty fucking dirty at me. Like for that. Cause you didn't give him the wave. <laughs> cause I didn't give him the wave. And like, cause at, at, you know, bodyboarding was, it's a bit different to surfing. You know, surfers, they go out there and it's like, you know, they have the priority. So it is yeah. what it is, you know, and, mm. but, and then you can chase as hard as you want and everyone's okay and everything like that. But, Bodyboarding was a bit different. Like everyone still had a bit of, um, what's the word? I don't know. They still, you know, they still had that bit of respect. Gentleman was, rules? Yeah. When you're in the heat? It's a bit of a gentleman rule. It wasn't rule. dog eat dog like trying to That's right. just smash them. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. so bad like that. Um, yeah. So yeah, anyway, he got knocked out and I was like, at the time, like he, I could tell he was pissed off. So he was pissed off. And then I got, got myself into the final Won the final and like won the whole event and I was just, I was more devastated in the whole thing than anything. I was just like, what what the fuck am I doing this for? You know, like <laughs> I, I've just pissed off one of my best mates. Like, yep. yeah, I've won this money, but I don't really feel good. And that was it. I quit. Didn't like competitive. I yeah. didn't like it. Like I, knew, it I knew what it took to win. Yeah. And you had to be a cunt to win and that's what I did and yeah. I didn't like it. No, it didn't. And that and that's where I knew I didn't have what it took. Yeah, fair enough. And yeah. I, I knew what it took to win, so yeah, that was it. I and I didn't have what it took. So no. was so that was over in Debo. So was that just an Australian tour event or was that a part of the uh the world sort of <coughs> That was an Australian tour event, but it was the final event of the year, which was the biggest event of the year. Yeah. So yeah, like it still had a, a huge caliber of riders like the best guys in the world still were there competing. So, and um yeah, that was it for me. So how many years did you so was that your 6th year? You're saying you competed <coughs> for 6 years. So Yep, so that that would have been towards the end of my yep. world title kind of campaign. That yeah, that I've just said nah. It's just not worth it. I'm not into it. And then that's when we moved on to the t TV series and everything straight after that. Yeah, tell us a bit about that t the TV series. So, 
How did that all come about? Yeah, so obviously since I wasn't cut out for the competition scene, you have to still promote yourself with your sponsors and everything. So you've got to come up with something that's going to keep them on board, right? Mm-hmm. Who were your sponsors at the time? Um, Jeez, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, it was, I was writing for a ocean and earth-based bodyboard brand called Zero, right? So ocean and earth bought out bodyboards and they were called Zero. And I was basically their only rider except for one other guy on the South Coast, maybe um, Michael Chapel, And that was it. And like I was just the paid guy for them. And then I moved on to Turbo, which pr- was probably my biggest sponsor I had. That's a, my- that's a bodyboard um, yeah. company, right? Yeah. But Turbo, who were the originators of bodyboards, then went through a lull, didn't have anything. And then these guys bought the rights and they were building bodyboards out of Port Macquarie in Australia and that's these guys own the rights to Turbo and that's who I rode for. And that was probably my biggest contracts I ever had, had in bodyboarding with those guys and that's who I... Um, yeah, so we... like the mo- Probably one of the most iconic things in bodyboarding is the Mike Stewart Pipeline Turbo Poster, right? Right. I don't know if you guys know about I don't it. Know. I always thought the Mac 7 SS was... That was the oh, thing. It's, it's just this poster, right? And it, it's just... It, I think it was in one of the surf mags recently. Oh, like, yeah. it was in... i seen it in kind of surf... Some of the surf news. Talking about this picture of Mike anyway. Because it was... You know, it's just one of the most... So, iconic. he was sponsored by Turbo as well? Yeah. yeah. That was... I'm thinking his original... A Port Macquarie um, company. Yeah. Okay. No. They took over. They bought the rights right, to okay. later on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Turbo were originals back in the 50, From, 50 years ago. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so had Tom, the, Tom Morrow's thing was the Turbo, was it? Tom Morrow's oh, so, thing yeah. was I mean, Moray. it was Morrow Bodyboards. Yeah, he yep. was Morrow Bodyboards. But then there was a bodyboard company called Turbo as well. And Mike rode for them. Yeah. And then, yeah, right. it evolved all from that. Um, and then, yeah, like... Moray took a huge bigger stand than Turbo and Turbo went downhill and then these guys brought it back in Australia because of like, you know, just everything they did was pretty iconic back in the day. So it was easy for them to to replicate it. So the whole thing for me and them guys was to replicate this Mike Stewart Turbo poster anyway. I got this shot at the right later on, which went on to become a poster in the magazine and to be like... Compared the, to it's compared to it, but it wasn't really like it, yeah, I'm yeah. not Mike Stewart and I'm not pipe. Well, I wasn't Seth Pipeline, pipe, yeah, so it's not cool. the same thing. But that's what they were trying to replicate yeah. at, at the time. Yeah. Hey, and just on these bodyboard brands, you know, you probably heard like Billabong and Quicksilver, and a lot of these these brands have really struggled over over the years. How how are the bodyboarding brands been holding up over the last sort of five to ten years? Yeah, well, I mean, bodyboarding such a niche, right? So it's like um, if you have the support from your niche. Um, like a like core, or your core market, then you can kind of get by, right? And so everyone's, I feel like everyone's potentially just getting by. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like with no tour and everything, what can you promote? Like you, like these kids are promoting them. You know what? That they've got, they can't even go in competitions as much. Like they can't follow a tour. Like it's not really as interesting as what you see on a surf tour. Yeah. Like. That's just obvious. Do you think right? it can be or just think it Mate, just has the bodyboard tour was fucking awesome. Yeah. Like the comps at Fronton in Canary Islands were like any anyone in the world could watch that and go, that is the craziest shit I've ever seen. Yeah. Like yeah. these waves are crazy. What's right? that a crazy slab 
crazy something. slab roof yeah. break. Canaries is the Hawaii of Europe. That's what it's deemed, isn't it? <laughs> I remember hearing that call. Yeah, ma- yeah, yeah. It's, the, just like, it's a lot of sick waves there. Yeah, well, it's just yep. that um, North Atlantic, it's the old volc- mountain sticking out of a deep ocean sort That's of. That's right. You know, deep water swells hitting the uh, coastline with no continental shelf and all that sort of stuff and just lots of short, death, sharp reef slabs, isn't there? You've nailed it, yeah. It's just like... <laughs> Sounds horrible, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that like, comp still running or...? or any day. <laughs> nah, so there's really no comps running at the moment. Nothing but at all it, for the bodyboard. That will, that will 100% be back on the schedule when it's on. Yeah. Yeah, like the front-on comp is... It, it used to round out the year, like um, they used to start with pipe. Yeah, and fronton would round out the year, and fronton was just—it's just spectacular. You know what I mean? Like it's—it's—they've got a great setup. They set up a huge scaffolding on the hill, which like it's even gnarly getting to the break. You have to scale down a cliff, you know, to get to yeah. this wave. What so, island? What island is it on? Uh, the, I don't know. The, I know Tenerife, Grand Canaria. Grand oh, Grand Canaria. Canaria. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know when the whole bodyboard tour was up and running, how many events were there on the on the on the schedule? Um, we would have had around six to eight. Yep. Yeah, around that. So were they mainly them, slabs or no? So a lot of them went through Europe, and we were surfing a lot of beaches. Like we'd go to Portugal, which is Sintra, which wasn't the best wave, obviously, but um, that was just a beachy. And like we ended, we went to events such as Peru, sick, which was like tried kind of thing. What, just surfing a long peeling left in Peru or Oh, I'd love to beachy? think you'd love to think that, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> nah, it was um beaches which didn't really live up to the to the hype which they kind of said, but yeah, yeah they they were com- competitive beaches. Um what some of the 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 best events were at um El Gringo in, in Chile, Chile that was that's one, what I was about it? to say. Yeah, yep. El Gringo, which was like on the card every year, and yeah, it was easily one of the best events. A, it was such a great uh, search event for the stand-ups. It was yep. so gnarly and shallow because they have the support from the government there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So they had great setup. You know what I mean? If you've got a great infrastructure, then you got potential for a great event, and that place is consistent as anything. Yeah, like right. you go there for two weeks, you're going to surf every single day. Yeah, yeah. and was hey, the box part of the tour? It did become part of the tour, but only for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. Hey, got to ask you, you know, with like stand-up surfers, you get the Brazilians, the, the Brazilian pack will hang out together. You got the Aussies. What was it like in the bodyboarding community? 100%. Uh, exact so, same thing. Exact same <laughs> thing. Yeah, for yeah, some yeah. reason, I thought that you'd be all sort of close-knit, all, all as one, but... Nah, we, we were, but I'm assuming the surfers are similar. Like, they're all close-knit, like... But it's not what you see on TV, right? You, it looks like they're just in groups. But we're in groups, but we're all close-knit. Like, um, yeah, definitely. But, you know, you go there with a crew, you hang out with a crew, and you do everything with the same people. With that. But we might have gone there with guys who were from Hawaii and that as well, and South Africa who were in our crew. Because there, there might have been only two guys from South Africa that were in the event. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you guys can come yeah. with us. Come stay where we are. Like. So- so who's dominating the the bodyboard um, scene at the moment? Like, let's say competitively, who, who's dominating? Which country? Yep. So the world champs from South Africa. Okay. His name's Tristan Roberts, and um, he was like just a surprise packet. You know what I mean? Like he always surfed well, but there's like Jared Houston's from South Africa who was. A, and who's he sponsored by, by the way? Um. 
No, nah, he's sponsored by Grand Flavor. He's sponsored by us. Yep, sponsored by your clothing company. Yep. Yep. But like Jared Houston used to ride for Grand Flavor as well, and he was a past world champion. And Ian Campbell was a past world champ- champion. They're all and South Africans, are they? All or? South Africans. Wow. Okay. Very recent guys, and they all surf with great style and competitive, and they're just really, really like killing it. Cool. And then you got like the French guy Pierre, who's like super competitive and Amori Levine who are competitive and I mean I'm not naming any Aussies right yeah because there's not that many Aussies on the tour anymore is that right Aussie it seems interesting there's less bodyboarders around this area now yep than there was 20 years ago do you think that's true um I wouldn't necessarily say there's less bodyboarders but the guys who are at the top there's they're definitely from other countries now yeah right yeah as as opposed to bodyboarding 15 years ago, Australia was right at the top for everything. Why is that, mate? Sounds like stand-up as well, doesn't it? You know, because the past world champions of like Damien King, Ben Player, all them guys, all all Aussie dudes, like, um, and just dominated back then. Yeah, they're not doing it anymore. Why do you think there's there's not so many up-and-coming young Aussie Aussies at the moment? I just reckon they don't have the support. Yeah. Yeah. They don't have the support. financial support, definitely backing to to sort of travel around and yeah. surf the, the different events. And yeah, that. they can't like make the the cohesion between doing it, like like dedicating their whole life to it. You know yeah. what I mean? They just can't. They can't do it. They can't afford it. Is yeah. it the same as um, sur- you know stand up surfing where? the golden age of sponsorship was probably 10, 15 years ago where there was a lot of money in it. Is that, has bodyboarding labels followed the same trend, whereas probably not as much in it now as it was 15 years ago? The golden age of sponsorship was late 90s. That would have been like with your nugget, your bullet, when Mike Stewart was killing it. What are we talking, mate? How much do you reckon? uh, Yeah, well, I don't know. Upwards of like... Millions? Uh, no, 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 no. Upwards of like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay. Yeah. Including all their um, royalties and all that kind yeah, of stuff. And travel and stuff. Travel yeah. and all that kind of stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, th- those were definitely the golden days. Um, and then it would have like gone down, gone up, plateaued again, and just taken a huge dip now. Yeah. So <laughs> it'd be pretty hard. If you're not in that top, what, three, five? Yep bodyboarders in the world it's pretty hard to make a living for sure just off that yep yeah. i yeah i mean there's guys obviously still making money these days but it wouldn't be enough money to make a living yeah hey you gotta ask you mate what do you what do you think about um uh bodyboarding being uh introduced into the olympics because obviously surfing is going to be the first time uh this year it completely any, any talk waves, made right? about that it, oh well not obviously not yeah <laughs> like we can't even fund a tour right yeah so we're quite a while off that <laughs> yeah but and and it depends on waves for us like if you had an olympic event at fronton yeah it would be like people would look at bodyboarding differently because you'd get a whole scope on millions and of people who had never ever seen it at that capacity Seen a wave of consequence like wave that of, wave of consequence and people just absolutely throwing themselves over the ledge we, we to do to win and but that's what bodyboarders do. Yeah. You, there could be a $1,000 prize packet and they'll still throw themselves <laughs> over a 10-foot ledge to get yeah. it. Over they 100 will. mil of water. They will. Over a they sharp will. Reef. Well, you know, after Japan, they get the, it's, the, it's the Paris Olympics and I, and I believe they're having the event at Chopu. So after yeah. Tokyo, oh, they're going to Polynesia. Chopu. Yeah, so... Yeah, right. oh, are they are? Yeah, they are, yeah. yeah. So where's the surfing event this year? 
Oh, uh, some beach break in Japan. Oh, yeah. it is in Japan. Yeah. yeah, it'll just be a grovel fest. Okay, so yeah. for the Paris ones, they're like cross. Well, cross to they are the Fre- the, French Polynesia. They're planning right. on having it at Chopu. Yeah. Okay, <clears throat> so twenty. Yeah. It's only two years away. Yeah, because we had a bit of a delay, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, with yeah, the, uh, be like three years away. Probably. Yeah, yeah, right. Because yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's news to me, but that's that's yeah, that's cool. good news, right? Because that's heading yeah. in the right direction. To <clears throat> so they'll obviously watch it this year in whatever waves you're talking about the shitty Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. Well, they get a typhoon, but it's not typhoon. It might season, be out of so. wave pool, Adzi. Oh, shit. it might be out of wave pool. Well, that's even let's worse. Let's not go down that three foot and offshore all day yeah, long. T-bone. Yeah. Let's not go down that wormhole because. Uh, well, let's <laughs> wait until we see it, and then we might have to go yeah, down the yeah. wormhole of the wave pool, right? Well, mate. Um, Let's get into one of the big stories that I wanted to ask you about. Um, we've talked about competitive career and you've alluded to a couple of things uh, as to how you bowed out of that and, and whatnot. But um, one of them had something to do with an incredibly gnarly slab on the south coast near Esperance called Cyclops. Um, the, uh, just quickly, did Cyclops or the right come first? Cyclops. Cyclops. Okay, so let's go Cyclops first. Um, you were probably still competing at that time. Um you said you were thinking about getting out of it and, and because you didn't, you know, what you mentioned earlier. Uh, and you had the tension movies with Chris White, which was probably a, a massive driving force behind your decision to just go chase slabs instead of competitions. Um, we'll get into that tension movie. It's, pro- it's all very connected, the tension movies. But, mate, um, tell us about Cyclops. I mean, how the hell did you find it? Like, it's... For those that don't know, I mean, we can tell anyone where it wants because if you want it, it's oh, yeah. there waiting for it. It's go all get yours. It. <laughs> yeah, there's go no, blind, no yep. blindfolds needed. Eh? You can no. have it if you want it. It's if you want like, it, go get it. What is it? 200 k's east of Esperance. Esperance is in yep. pretty much out in the middle of nowhere anyway. It's very sharky too, isn't oh, it? Mate, it's sharky. It's 200 k's away from a very small country town. It's on the tip of the Great Australian Bight. It's extremely isolated. Um, I've been out there to Cape Arid. That photo there is actually Cape Arid right there on the wall of a camping trip I did out there. But, uh, mate, it's it's out that way. So I don't even know exactly where it is. It's out that way somewhere. And yep. um, how the hell did you find Cyclops? One of the most scariest, intimidating death pits ever known to man. So much so that it, it sort of had a limelight and then everyone realised it was actually too dangerous. And now, you, no, no one's going to Cyclops anymore. It's done. No. Like... Tell us how you found your way to Cyclops. Well, to, to be honest, I well, I put it as the risk isn't worth the reward, really. But um, but that's pretty obvious for me, right? <laughs> um, it's so funny because I was talking. I've seen Chris last night, and we were talking about this story, which is because it was fucking gnarly. Yep. That's um, what we got so, you in for so gnarly we stories. We didn't know. We only seen it on the Billabong Odyssey, right? Uh, do you guys remember the Billabong Odyssey? Yeah, Billabong yeah, vaguely, Odyssey. Yeah, it was yep. like Lane Beachley and. So some dude square shoulder jawed. hopped in the credits. Ken Bradshaw, something. Was it? He yeah, shoulder it was... hopped in the credits at Cyclops, right? Is that all it got? In it, a, a little was, shoulder hopper in the in credits? In the credits, yeah. yeah. So obviously you see the slab behind him and he's jumping in on it's the end. It's pretty impressive that those Americans were just down that far um, down. Yeah, that's wild. Driving around having a look. That's wild, eh? That's that's, what were they doing out there? They would live in the Odyssey, weren't they? Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> What's an Odyssey? I don't know. That was it. <laughs> Not there. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Come crazy. on, let him let him tell his story. Sorry, tell his story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we watched that, um, and then we, for some stupid reason, we wanted to go surf it. Right. Um, <laughs> well, how did you, how did you know where it was? Just yeah. So we rock up 
yeah, it's, fuck, I don't even know. But anyway, we knew it was somewhere around Esperance, right? Right. And Esperance has a lot of archipelagos, yeah. as you know. Yeah, it's got hundreds um, of little rock formations off the coast, doesn't it? Yep. And so... Some of the islands are like 10 metres squared. Oh, mate, that leads me to an even crazier story. But anyway, this yeah, one... Stick on, we'll, stick we'll on this one. I'm yeah. Like, like. So this one, uh, we've gone to Esperance and we've just asked a lot of questions, right? Just like anyone's trying to find out, ask a lot of questions. If they any, like, you know, you know we're kind of asking questions about Billong Odyssey, like to people if they haven't... What year was this, maybe? Uh, 2004. Yep. Yep. So, you know, we're talking to people asking if they've heard of it. What, so you drove to Esperance and asked people or you're yep, just asking... Drove. People? We're there. We're talking to people. So you drove surf down there shops, asking right? around in surf shops. Well, yeah, that's the place to go, right? Well, I guess. I don't know. Ever heard of the Billabong Odyssey? Yep. Where'd they surf that way? Yeah, that's that really? way. All right. <laughs> Sweet. We'll head out there. Cape Arid. Yeah. Okay. So we've, we've just like... Chris, who is a Google... He's called the Google Earth legend, right? Right. Because he, and this is Chris White, who yep. was uh, created the Tension yep, bodyboarding wongy. movies, which we've alluded to a lot of times. But for those that don't know, the Tension bodyboarding videos were just massive in the early two thousands. They captured a whole market, captured the idealism as of a million young eighteen year old, sixteen year old bodyboarders watching you guys. Kids having fun, right? Kids having fun, mate. Just being yep. stupid, knocking over sh stuff and shops and getting tubed and having fun. But anyway, we're going to get to that. Yeah. But so you're with this guy, Chris White, and yeah. you're chasing this... The Google Earth elusive, legend, right? The Google Earth legend. <laughs> yep, right. So everyone knows what Google Earth is, right? You can yep. zoom in on a satellite picture of anything you want, right, these days. You can look at anything. And like he spent hours upon hours zooming in on land formations, everything down there. Right. And so he's pinned about five or six spots where he's like, I reckon it's over here, 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 here. So the problem is, like, what if it's the Google Earth photos on a day with no swell? Then you've got donuts, don't That's you? the thing about Cyclops, no matter how big the swell is, that there's still going to be waves breaking on it because yeah. it's pretty much dry, right? Because it's like 50 mil deep. Yeah. yeah. So there's and always so, white water. And we watch this Billabong Odyssey and we're looking for like landscapes, all that kind of shit. Yep. Um, so he's got, he's, he's marked his pins, all these spots that we thought it was anyway. Um, so yeah, we've gone about 200 Ks east of Esperance, parked up at, there's a caravan park at the start of this, Cape Arid, where, yeah. where you can drive onto the beach yep. and you can drive onto this beach for about an hour if yeah, you want. It's amazing. Even further, I reckon. Yeah. It's yep. unbelievable, isn't it? And just keep <laughs> driving towards the great Australian bite in the middle yep. of nowhere on this beach. But that's not what we did. No, what do you do? <laughs> we la we launched the ski right at the start. Oh yeah. Okay. So we drove a ski for about an hour. Oh right. We checked all the pins that he had. Right. Got to the obviously got to that one and we're just like rocked up and we're like, this is it. Right. It's pretty fucking obvious. Like right, this okay. wave is thrown out square. And what is it? Is it like a couple of k's off the beach or so five k's? Or it's a few hundred. I'd say it's a hundred because because you've got. A rock island in between it. So it breaks right. around a rock island. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. But that's off the coast. Yeah. As well. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. Um, How far is a rock island off the coast? Yeah, like... Two uh, Ks or 200 metres? No, nah, I'd say K. Okay. No, no, maybe not even. Yeah. yeah you're I, not paddling out there. I can't there. remember. Yeah, I'm not paddling out there. No, no chance. <laughs> if anyone is, they're psycho. Yeah. But any, yeah, so I'm sure they would have though. Actually, I think people would have been crazy enough to do it. But anyway, yeah. yeah so, um, rocked up. It's been pretty obvious that we found it. 
okay. because it's pretty obvious wave, right? Okay. It does what it does. It throws out, looks pretty similar on most times, but we've got n- absolutely no gauge of scale. Yeah. We don't know if it's, if not someone's not on it, you can't tell how big it is, right? Yeah. So it's like... Was it offshore the first time you looked at it? Um, relatively and, offshore. And, 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 <laughs> it enough, was bumpy. and enough swell? Like, it was bumpy and it was, we found out it was pretty fucking big. Right. So I was there with Sean Virtue and Chris White. Yep. And we were all on the back of one ski. And that was it, which, <laughs> we'd, which we drove for an hour to get there. Oh, hectic. Virtue got the first wave, which was shoulder hop into the channel. Yep. I got the second wave, which I thought was like about two foot yeah. and jacked into about a 10 foot cavern. Oh, heavy. <laughs> and, and as I said to him, like on certain waves, you know when you're going to get hurt. There's just a feeling in your mind. Yeah. And on this wave, I was like, I'm fucking dead here. This is it. Like I just seen a huge line, this most vivid thing ever, big line of mm. reef in front of me. And I knew I was way too deep. So I held on to the bitter end. But then when I got to the bitter end, it felt like someone slung a sledgehammer and just whacked me straight in the back with it. Right. And, um, and at this stage, you're what, like the first Australians ever to surf this wave, as far as you except know? Except for Ken Bradshaw, right? Well, he's not Australian. Mm. Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yep. Yep, yep. Uh, So I guess we're the first bodyboarders and... First Australians. For all we know, anyway. Yeah, for all you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Could Some fishermen could have gone out there and got a couple. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yep. Okay. <laughs> But as far um, as you know. Yeah. As far as we know, yeah. yeah. So and your very first trip and the, you're, you're holding on and then all of a sudden you feel... That's my first wave. First wave. That's my first wave. And I right. like I I kind of have instantly known what, what has happened. And my f- And what did f- happen? Well, Was it I, lip or reef? Reef. Right. Straight on to reef. And my instant feelings in my mind are like, um, I know like I know where we are. I know how long it's taken us to get here. Yeah. I just wanted to sink to the bottom. Wow. Yep. I was like... So it was that heavier whack. It is not worth it. Anyway, like, yeah, like from what Chris was saying last night as well, he's like, I sped up on the ski, looked at his face, look at my face, and it was just pure white. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess in total shock, right? Yeah. And so, like, like that's my face just submerged above water. Fuck. Yep. Because in my mind, I'm like, just sink. What? Why? Why go through all this? So you've just hit the reef so incredibly hard. Yeah, and I knew exactly. I knew my back was broken straight away. Hundred percent. Oh fuck! Fuck. Yep. Broken back. Jeez. I was like, yep, my back's broken. Like, I'm in icy cold water with fucking seals jumping around. No way. So. And you've just done an hour long trip, and it's the first time the ski, you've ever right? been out there. There's no one anywhere. And obviously. so, how do you get back when you've drove there on a ski? Fuck, I don't know. You'd and you didn't have a sled either. That was probably pre-sled days. No sled, nothing. Yeah. So Chris has like made the call. He's like left me and Virtue out there. Virtue's just holding me above the water. Fuck. And for all I remember, he was crying his eyes out because there's literally seals jumping up around us. He's just like thinking, oh, we're going to get fucking eaten by a shark. Here. Oh, mate. It's the sharkiest place in the world right now. Yeah, but I'm so fucking It's not the same it. bloke that left you at... Uh, no, 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 no. It was It's going to suck. Yeah, Jeez, no. lucky, a double lucky Hughes, wasn't there. <laughs> Well, Virtue didn't have a choice. He had to stay <laughs> yeah. with me anyway. Yeah, yeah. He's holding me above... Water. Uh, that's so heavy. Crying. Like, you know what I mean? And I'm yeah. just like out of it. Chris has bolted the shore on the ski. Yeah. And funnily enough, on on the shore, there is an abalone camp, right? And in season, the abalone farmers come there and they farm there in cages because right. they sow on it. They sow 
like they get attacked by great whites. Yeah, yeah. at such a All risk of great whites, they have to do it in a cage. They, they have to dive like, in a cage. They dive in a cage because yeah, mate, they get attacked by great whites. Yeah, there's so, so often, many right? whites out there. It's heavy. So and what, you're just on this little granite outcrop, a K out to sea, I'm in covered in seals. Yeah, we're in yeah, the middle of fucking just, nowhere. Mate, there's whites swimming around everywhere. Chris has got to shore. He's got to shore. He's seen a um, a dinghy on the beach, right? Right. And um, dinghies, jacking dinghies are pretty heavy. How, how heavy do you reckon the dinghy is? Oh, I would say they're probably 300 kilos. A bit more than that. He picked that thing up on his own above his head no and, way. and walked it to the ocean. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Just adrenaline running. Well, including, adrenaline in, running. Including I did see him a motor on Australian Ninja Warrior. That's he's right. Pretty, he's pretty cut from stone You'd probably imagine days, him so. carrying a dinghy. Yeah, so I probably could there. see that now, yeah. but yeah. Um, So yeah. had the like, um, you know, the dad strength. He gained yep. the dad strength from me breaking my back. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Picked up a dinghy above his, above his head, ran it to the ocean, tied it to the back of the ski, dragged out. Fuck, what a legend. Slid me into the back of the dinghy. Because like they've done every single precaution they could. In terms of... Because I've gone, my back's broken. Like, yeah. That's what I've said. I've yeah. just gone, and my back's were your broken. legs working? Yep. I could, were they? They were working, but they were numb. Really? Yep. But so, you could kick? I couldn't really do anything. No. Nah, you yeah. weren't kicking, you weren't... No. Nah. Yeah. So then they've... Um, and they've taken every precaution they can, yep. but there's obviously... Mate, how the fuck do you pull someone into a tinny with precaution? That's right. So they've got the f- me on my back on my bodyboard, slid me up and straight into the back, right? So right. pretty flat out. And then, you know, slowly drag me into the beach in this dinghy. And, you know, like, obviously I'm in the dinghy on my own. Fuck. And they're Just on the slapping ski. Slapping around they're in a tinny. They're on the ski talking to each other going, what the fuck are we going to do now? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I, I think about... Them, yeah, they're about how, their conversation. Oh man, how scared they would have been! Mm, yeah, because I was out of it most. Yeah, of the time, you're in yeah. shock. Yeah. So, like, you can see the video footage on his video. Like, it, oh, you filmed it all. He filmed me on the wave. Yeah, it's in one of the tension movies, and it's and then he's filmed me in the boat on the beach, oh, just completely <laughs> can out we of see, it. Can we bring that up now? <laughs> <laughs> Good to see he kept his focus. Yeah, <laughs> completely out of it, right? Yeah. So, um, like, they're you know kind of mulled around on the beach for two or three or four hours figuring out what the fuck we're going to do fuck. off in the distance see a fisherman no way who's drove up the beach you know they've done that they've done an hour-long drive fisherman they've gone like yeah. bang gone to them gone listen my mate's broke his back these guys have fishermen just, were sort of been like who the fuck are you yeah where did you come from and what the fuck are you doing out in that ocean but instant, <laughs> instantly they're instantly come to our aid yeah. and done everything they could. They like put all the seats down, chucked us all in the back of their like land cruiser and laid us out and slowly, slowly drove us back up the beach. So, you know, yeah. it's been about six or eight hours now. Fuck. And I've only just got back to where we put the ski in. Which is still 200 k's from Esperance. Still 200 k's from Esperance. And there's Esperance. no other way to get there except for driving or maybe getting a... Uh, royal flying doctor i don't know tell, yeah. tell the story yeah well at that point we we were also waiting on a f- another photographer ben parker and in oh, it was eric tungsten oh yeah to the, meet us there yeah who were also it was funny because we're looking for a wave that they're an hour behind us also looking for a wave and they've got a boat right right so they drove around in their boat for hours and hours and hours looking for the wave didn't find it really? went back no way Went back. Little we didn't have a clue, right? Because yeah. they could have got to they could have got to the same wave, but we were already on the beach. Fucking yeah, right. passed out. Yep, yep. So they got there, went back, blah blah blah, and they're already there and we we're just like, What the you know, they're there. 
I've got slid into the back of one of their cars and then they're on their way and like Tungsten, who's like the sus French guy. Yeah, he's like, that's fr- French cool. photographer. Yeah, he's like, let's cut his wetty off. And I'm like, you're not cutting my fucking wetty off. He's like, let's cut this little boy's wetty off. That's you know, like, exactly what <laughs> he's doing. I've met Tungsten, yeah. And, he's I, a, and I'm yeah. like, mate, you can do anything you want, but you are not cutting my wetty <laughs> off right now. And like, obviously. I will take a photo of his pee-pee. That is correct. That is exactly what we were saying. Chris is like, back me up. He's, he's going, you're not cutting <laughs> his wetty off. <laughs> Leave his wetty on. <laughs> and we've got we've got like done another another colour house. They're strange dudes. The <laughs> yeah. like, they're good dudes, but they're strange. Great dudes, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Like anyway, yeah, anyway, they do a lot of nude photography. <laughs> they do. They actually do. And so, I didn't want to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. So I can understand. And I knew exactly from. what was going on. <laughs> oh shit! Gave yeah. me a good laugh at the time. <laughs> got done the two-hour drive or whatever it is to hospital. Got to Esperance Hospital. I didn't even know what that's called or whatever. Yeah. So you and drove then, all the way back there. Yep, drove all the way Tungsten's back there, car, got yes. there. And um, like, this is what like Chris was saying just last night. He's like, it was the most fucked up thing when we got there because they've told them every single detail and taken so much care with me. And these guys just were like, drag me out the back and just chuck me like in a wheelchair or some shit. And Chris and that were like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And that, Where's and the spinal stretcher. Yeah. And then they've got inside, x-rayed me, and they've gone, oh, his back's broken. And, and we're like, yeah, that's the fuck. That's what we're trying to tell you. Yeah. And these guys are just like really pissed off at the staff, you know, now. Because they're like, we told you what happened, and you just put him in a wheelchair and wheeled him in. Yeah. And like, yeah, so they didn't really have a leg to stand on. Like, Neither did you. That's correct. correct. <laughs> Sorry, but- I couldn't resist that one. <laughs> but, so, uh, yeah, no, I mean, this day and age, you're, you're liable for all those sorts of no things, shit. aren't you? I mean, mate, mm. spinal injury, blah, blah, blah. And then if you couldn't walk, then you could be like, well, I could have been okay if you guys didn't put me in the wheelchair. Like, they just big, heavy repercussions. Drag me out of the car. Crazy. Yeah, and these, like, all the people I was with were pissed off. Yeah. And so they should have been because they just spent the last 10 hours keeping me fucking horizontal. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's a good effort by them. Yeah. So anyway, they'd gone and done that and fucked all their good work up. And yep. so we got we get inside and um, done the X-ray. Got a crushed and cracked L1, which means like your vertebrae, basically, which is let's just say it's about two centimeters in height, had got crushed in half, right. and it had a crack all the way through it. And but which one, whereabouts is the L1? L1 is lumbar, so it's very low okay. on your back. Yeah. Yep. But it was a stable fracture, which was like thumbs up. That's, yep. a, that's a huge positive because there's no bone fragment floating around, which then in turn goes into your spinal column and that's how you become paraplegic. Oh, okay. Yep. So the news is good, right? Right. But the first thing they're saying is, listen, we've got to fly to Royal Perth. Yeah. And it's like, sweet. Oh, I fucking hate driving eight hours from Esperance anyway. Yeah. So <laughs> sweet. get me in the plane. <laughs> yeah. But the worst thing, like... Oh, that was obviously bad. But the worst thing I had to do was call my parents, right? Yeah, yeah. Call me dad. He's like, oh, mate, listen, I'm about to get on a flight. And he's like, oh, sweet. Where are you headed? Yeah, Royal Perth from <laughs> Esperance, broken back. And he's just like, you know, instantly, because I wasn't a parent then, but I am now. Yeah. You're just like, are you kidding? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you've broke your back. He's yeah. going to be in a wheelchair. Yeah, you're freaking Hundred percent, and yeah. like the feelings that he would they they would have felt then that For I sure. now know how they would have felt. Like I feel so bad I put them through that. <laughs> like a lot of the stuff I did, I feel so bad I put them through it. Like even surfing the right, like yeah. If my kids did that, I would be shitting myself. You yeah, know? exactly. So yeah, a lot of stuff they went through would have been 
pretty fucking gnarly. Yep, yep. So yeah, anyway, Royal so, Perth was there flat out. I was in an armed ward with a guy who had crashed his motorbike and had like, looked like a robot. He had that much metal going on around him and oh, shit. Jesus. But um, I was in, laid up in the bed for in there for about a week. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, like I couldn't, uh, for some reason, this is probably getting a little bit off track, but I couldn't piss or anything for a week. Yeah. Or shit or so anything. They have a catheter My in body, you? no, they didn't. Oh. So they had a pan for me and my body had just kind of given up yep. on all that shit. And um, it got to like literally like three or four days and I hadn't done anything. shit or a piss or anything. Yeah, which gets dangerous, man. Yeah, but I had a pan there and it got to the stage where I needed to piss really bad. Yeah. And I spent about six hours through the night, middle of the night. I probably went from like eight o'clock at night all the way until, yeah, you know, the early hours of the morning trying to do a piss. Oh, that sounds horrible. Having to piss so bad, but couldn't do it. Catheter? No catheter. Oh, Jesus. But not, obviously, being a little kid, not ballsy enough to ring the bell and go, listen, (laughs) this is the problem. Yeah. But I'm just there with the, like, with a bedpan. Yeah. Going, trying to piss. Yeah. Just, and I couldn't do it. There's no connectivity between the brain and the organ. And then after about six hours, I finally pissed and was just like, oh, oh my man. God, this well, is the best day of my life. <laughs> yeah. But it was actually life-saving, yeah. It was. Not, and yeah. then like after that, that was the time where I kind of got out of bed the next day and slowly, slowly worked. Like basically I walked to the toilet and back. That was it. Right. And then, um, yeah, it was in, was in a brace, but not much of a brace because it was a stable fracture, but mainly it was just time laying down. Like, yeah. stay horizontal for the next month and wow. you'll be right. Shit. You know what I mean? But once you crush once you crush a vertebrae, it's crushed forever. Yeah. Like, the only doesn't thing... It doesn't spring can, back, does it? No, it doesn't spring back. Like, the crack fixes. Yeah. But the only thing it can do is fuse with another vertebrae. So, they were like, you know, eventually you could... Your vertebrae, your L1 and L2 could become one vertebrae. Right. And that was the only... That was the only... Op, like final so was, outcome was there any operations or anything there wasn't that, no like i got just, super lucky man honestly i say it's lucky like the, the yeah. what i went through wasn't great but i did i got lucky like when the wave i f- fell off on yeah i <clears throat> i thought i was gonna be fucking well if it was your head it would have been lights out wouldn't it well i like yeah i just feel lucky out of that outcome because i got smoked and how long was the rehab uh, was there a lot of physio involved? And, and there was lo- a lot of physio, but yep. my next, like, I reckon within six months, my next trip was Philippines, hot, warm water trip. Yeah, yeah. Flew out, I'm out of there. Perfect. Wow. So that was the next time you surfed, was it? Six yep. months later in the Philippines? Yep. And so from that point, that was when I was living in Margs. And after that, I had to move back to Perth into my mum and dad's. Yeah. And I was back in Perth then from them. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, these things happen. Wow, that's an absolute yeah. crazy story. Uh, and it's a good time. We've been uh, drinking some delicious Cheeky Monkey beers here. Uh, Chatty's on the Lefties, the Hazy East Coast IPA. Uh, and I am on the West Coast IPA. We're going east to west here. Uh, a couple of nice beers. Uh, but Chatty's, uh, he needs a piss. Must have been that story about not being able to piss in bed for four days. He's just like, how good is pissing? So we'll have a quick break and we'll come back with some more gold. All right, and we're back. We've just made some more room for some cheeky monkey beers. Uh, yeah, mates, uh, we just listened to a ridiculously gnarly tale of... Um, Breaking your back at Cyclops, 200k 
kilometres east of Esperance in a just a ridiculously sharky, isolated area. Uh, mate, that sounded so gnarly. Um, you said it was about six months before you surfed again. Did you ever go back to Cyclops again? Uh, yeah, I went back to Cyclops because I just, um, I, you know, got a bit of information of, of like, um, you know, rehab people on that to go and meet your demons and that. So I went back out there, caught another wave, and then I called it quits. But um, So you've only ever caught two waves at Cyclops nah, in your life? No, well, I ended up, like, it's funny, I ended up um, going out right behind that spot. There's another spot as well. I ended up getting a cover. Like the next trip out there of a magazine. Not at Cyclops. At Not other, at Cyclops. At the but other rock crop. A wave of very similar nature. Nature, yeah. like only a K away. Yeah, right. What's yeah. that one called? Does it have a name? Or? I don't even remember it had a name. No, yeah. I'm not sure. It probably still doesn't. <laughs> no, it wouldn't. <laughs> There's a lot of waves out there like that. So, yeah. 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 Yeah, right. And um, so in that time that you recovered and, and the time that you went back to Cyclops, um, Mate, was was that? Did other people have a crack at it in, in the um, intermittent period, or yeah, a lot of crew interim periods. A lot of crew went down there. Like all the um, bra boys, kind of w- were keen to jump on board, and like Matthews and all that got down there, and um, they got some waves, but they kind of felt like the same way as what us, you know, like the risk wasn't really as much worth the reward at that place. It's all about getting a gnarly photo, I think, and then that's about it for there. But um, we did we did a fair few other trips down to Esperance, looking around the archipelagos, and um, the the Google Earth legend had marked out a spot. This is the uh, story that you alluded to earlier. Yeah, yeah, yep. that I'd um, pulled away from. But yep. um, he'd marked out a spot behind an island, which was forty k's out of, oh. out to sea, right? <laughs> So Mate, we we had three. a k off from that beach is sharky enough, but forty, too. and we only had jet skis. Yeah. Right, so we had, I know we had two jet skis, it could have been a third, but we had two jet skis going out there. Um, and it was at, it ended up being at an island called Mondoran Island, right? Right. And he'd looked at it because he'd seen that there was a setup there. And so we were out, I think we were with maybe Kirby Brown and that as well. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and Courtney. Yep. Um, and those guys, and Mitch Rollins was on the trip as well. And my brother, who was videoing at the time, Anyway, if you can imagine, in the middle of Esperance Archipelago's riding out 40Ks, the chops get pretty big. Oh, man. The ski ride gets pretty gnarly. And we had Atlantic dolphins flying around next to us. Like, it was out of control, like nothing you'd ever seen before. Crazy. And we, like, made it out to this wave. And, like, it was gnarly. It was freaking crazy which like they later went back and got waves out there but we looked at it and we just went wow man if you like because of my past experience i've gone if i yeah. break my back here th- then i'm dead you yeah, know yeah. like yeah. i've got 40 k's to get back into shore wow. so was it a right I, or a left it was a left and yeah. i'd weighed up the options and said not nah, not doing it yeah and um i think basically in the end no one no one surfed it that day but anyway Chris was Chris was quite the wild man, eh? So he'd he'd had other spots marked out, and like I was more of like uh, just go along with it kind of guy. But then other people like Mitch were like, "I've done the math on this, and we're not going to make it back." Yep. So he, Chris has convinced everyone to go check more spots, 
Right. Like head to other islands, archipelagos, and so we're going. So you've you've gone and looked at this left, and it's just huge. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. Crazy heavy left. And no one, you like, no, it's too much. I just couldn't find. Yeah, I couldn't find the the worth in it. Like, yeah. Yeah, you get a sick pit, get a good photo, all that, but but it, you might actually die. On the other case, you could roll into the cliff and really hurt yourself. Yeah. So. So yeah, that was it. That was done. So no one ever surfed that wave? No, it did get surfed. Like Brad Norris went back there with Chris and he caught waves and got absolutely pummeled. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Brad Norris, a stand-up surfer. Yep. So yep. they went out there in, I think they might have had a cray boat with them as well. Oh yeah. So they organized a, f- a bit more stuff and that was when Kirby and that surfed it as well. So Right. But later, Kirby's later, recently broken his back somewhere down there. He did, yeah. Is, it's not that that wave, is it? By any I chance? don't think so. I think it's another wave. Yep, yep. But it's coming out in a movie soon. Yeah, but, it um, is. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Yeah. So but, Rick, go on with your story. So Mondoran Island. <laughs> so many avenues here. No, Mondoran <laughs> Island. Like about a few months after we'd um, been out there and like done that trip, like this is a small segue. We'd found out that that is where they do great white. Shark cage diving. Oh right, awesome! So yeah. 100 meters <laughs> off the back of that island, that's yep. where they—that's where they have the great white shark cage diving. Oh, heavy! So there's another stupid reason. Yeah, not to go. Not yeah. to go there. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. we kept driving, kept kept driving around in the middle of the fucking ocean. Oh. Almost like one of the dudes, Mitch, he was freaking out. He's going, we're not going to fucking make it. And he's just freaking out the whole way in. And it was we almost, you know, we found it quite funny how much he was freaking out. He's going, we're not like. Anyway, we got close. We didn't make it. We ran out of petrol. Oh, no. <laughs> Both skis ran out. <laughs> One of the skis made it. Oh, right? Shit. Got back to the car. They brought a jerry can back out to us. How far off the beach were you by the time you ran out? Oh, we weren't that far. We could see land. Oh, you could see land? Yeah. <laughs> you can see land from like eight k's away. Nah, well, we, we were close. We were close enough. Like a k. Yep, close enough. Yeah. Which is still a long way with no oars to row your way back in on a jet ski. It is. So they got in, they filled their ski with a jerry can. Yeah. And then brought another jerry can out to us. And then they filled our ski with a jerry can. We drove it in. They filled our ski with diesel. Oh, no. (laughs) Jet skis don't like diesel. It got us to the beach, but totally fucked the ski. At at which that stage, you probably didn't care anyway. Well, we were like, bang, put the ski on the back, straight into the shop. Yep. Someone's there now. Yeah, the mechanic's like draining the diesel and trying to fix the engine for the next two days or something. And so we're stuck in Esperance doing that. Yeah. And that was just another... Another trip, you another, know, just that was just another standard trip, basically. That's just what would happen. Like hunting slabs in the that's what happens. literally in the middle of nowhere. That's like, right. Uh, as a, I mean, a lot of people listening to this are West Aussies, and they understand how isolated it was. But there's there's some people that are probably listening that actually can't quite fathom how isolated you were out there. I mean, we're talking. Nah. It's hard to find anywhere more isolated in the whole world. Really, I mean. Perth's the most isolated city in the world and you're like 12 hours towards the desert from there and the Great Australian Bight, there's just, mate, there's not a lot out there at all. It's just, no matter which way you go. Yeah, except for Great Whites. (laughs) Antarctica to the south and that's about it. Good place to shark dive, that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, they sound like some crazy stories because you, mate, you litters were, I think this is probably a good segue to, you guys were fucking crazy. You were out there just... Driving around, looking 
for these slabs in the middle of nowhere to get away from crowds or to get the shot or I, I'm not sure um, what it was all about. I, I guess those waves appeal to, to you guys on the bodyboard a lot more than on the stand-up because you could potentially take them on. Um, mate, I mean, did you just scour that? You realise that the South Coast was full of these half waves that had just got so much swell. I mean, it gets as much swell as anywhere in the world. It's The the south coast of Western Australia just gets bombarded by the roaring 40s, you know, day in, day out. The huge um, winter swells go down there and can often be offshore in winter down there. And I mean, the possibilities are endless of just hideous ocean open bombies and slabs and... I mean, how much did you guys drive around down in that coast? Did you go from sort of Warpole all the way to Esperance or, or what happened? That's the funny thing. Like people wouldn't, wouldn't even realize the lengths that we went to. Like the amount of money we spent filling up cars, filling up skis, staying somewhere, everything. Like we spent time and money yeah. doing all this stuff like... Like, you know, even sponsors at the time, like could you could they couldn't even fathom the amount the shit that we went through yep. to get what we got. Like yeah. um, I mean, the magnitude of it all is that we had a crew that wanted to do the same fucking thing, you know? Yeah. We had guys that were filming, guys that were shooting photos and that were dedicated to it. Yeah. So you felt comfortable, you know? You felt comfortable that these guys were gonna cover you. Yeah. We were still doing it for sponsors you know what i mean yeah so we were doing it for them but we were doing it because we had such a fucking good time yeah we were doing it with people that we loved doing it with like a guy phil gallagher from the east coast would fly over every freaking time yeah just to like yeah like he i think he moved here for a while adventure i mean yeah i guess it was always the thought that you may just find the the best thing ever you may (laughs) find the right yeah so mate how did you find the right were you in the first Group of people to find the right. I well, mean, how did it happen? Yeah, like that was like. And we're talking um, about the right, which is everyone knows as the right, which in this day and age is easily one of the craziest photo opportunities for surfing in the world. It's one of the craziest barrels in the world. It's huge, gnarly. How did you stumble across that? And were you were you the first people to crack it? Yeah, so we were surfing another wave, um, pretty close by, called Ron's for a number of years. And, um, old run dogs. Yep. And yep. then we'd found a, a wave which we called Fags because we called one of our mates, Sean Virtue, Fag. <laughs> I don't even know why he's called Fag, but his name, that's probably the worst nickname you could ever have. Yeah, that's rough. It's pretty bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And, but, um, the, I know we found out originally that the locals had named the wave Redbeards, I think. And, um, it was a really, really heavy left. Which broke in front of like rocks. It was pretty gnarly. It was really, really gnarly. And they had only like, they had photos of it and they had photos on their fridges of it and stuff. Like there was a of couple. Of this left. Yep. Called Red Beards. Yep. And guys like Chris Shanahan and Rufus yep. and Griggs. Those guys were all the like. Down, the, the, the South Coast. The most hard. From, yeah. yeah. They're, they're the most hardcore dudes you could ever meet, right? Because they're yep. surfing these waves and they, they're taking photos on their on a little camera just to remember it by just of each on, other yeah and sticking it on their fridge and not even yeah. of each other just just of the empty waves like yeah they're as gnarly as it gets them guys um and they're um yeah stand-up surfers stand-up surfers uh, obviously yeah. from down there who live in denmark and yeah. so they they knew about that wave but I, I i i'm not totally sure they might have surfed it before like caught a couple of ways but we we found it and 
um, after might, it was definitely after them, but we found it and surfed it straight away, and because it was a heavy wave and like. So did you the totally. first time you seen it was it from the beach there at conspicuous or no? So we were straight out there on skis. On skis, yeah, like because yep. we only went anywhere on skis really. Oh yeah, but, but like we found the part of the ocean that we wanted to go to and got in and took it on on skis every Drove time. Looking at it at ski, on skis, yeah. Yeah, so um, we surfed that wave kind of maybe for a year or two before like you know. Big swells, swells that big, no one would go down there, right? Yeah. They'd go to Cow Bommy. Yep. Or they'd go to North Point and hope to get some in-between closeouts and stuff like that. Um, swells like that, they just, there's just, they wouldn't think that, like, Ron's is too big. Like, what's that wave out at Peaceful Bay? What's that called? Curlies. Curlies? Yep. Love that wave. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. <laughs> that that probably, that maybe that wave would hold. Yep. And there's other waves in Denmark that maybe would hold in those swells, right? Yeah. Really big swells. Like gnarly. Ron's is like a middle of the range swell, which still has eight foot kegs, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it maxes out. But it maxes out. But anyway, it must have been a big swell we were surfing around there and and I've just gone like, seen some kind of feather out there or something and just gone, mate, I'm saying there's a chance. There's something out there, and I reckon there's a chance it's something out there. Um, and just gone. Let's let's like you know we've we've drove enough through other swells and on road to waves that we've got absolutely nothing at. This was kind of nothing, you know. It was like, all right, well, let's check it then, and the next big swell. So, but you do have to make sacrifices. It's like, all right, well, we're not going to get to get surf North Point. Everyone's going to get pumping North Point. Yep. We're going to be down here looking for a wave. Yeah. So you make sacrifices. Yeah. Because it could be nothing, right? Yeah. And you've blown your whole day. Anyway, we rocked up. We've we we're rocking up there and seen a couple of waves come through. Once again, no idea of scale. Yeah. So, like. And that's such a no idea scale wave. It's a no idea it? thing. Like it's you heavy. don't know. Like you, these waves come through. You can you know, you can count slowly how long a lip takes to land and you know that's pretty big you know if you even get to count at all i think it's big <laughs> yeah <laughs> that kind of thing you know that's the kind yeah. of thing you're thinking in your head like all right, right. one two well that's pretty big it's yeah. landed pretty slowly <laughs> when waves move slow yeah when they, they look slow-mo if they go yeah. slow they move they are big yeah so it's like all right well let's go so you you're lining yourself up with nothing because you're in the middle of the ocean and you've never surfed it before yeah um, I think maybe, yeah, like, I don't know who was the first to get a wave out there, but we've taken a few, like, kind of surfed about maybe three or four waves each. Yep. Toe-ins. Yep. Toe-ins. we got, um, Phil Gallagher there shooting and kind of we're, we're pulling off and every kind of, we're pulling off all these waves and thinking, geez, that was pretty sick. Like, what was that like? And we've gone up to Phil and he's like, ah, it looked like it was a pinching. I was like, all right. <laughs> it's Friday. <laughs> like it was like, like at first that wave was called the gub. It was called the what? The gub. The gub. Do you know what a gub is? No. So a gub is when a wave pinches, right? Oh, right. That's what we've never heard that. Nah. So we would call a wave that pinches a gub. Right. So it means like you know a wave that barrels and then pinches on you. We'd call it a gub. Yep. So we called it the gub. Yeah, right. <laughs> the gub. The gub. 
Because he's like, oh, they're all kind of gubbing. I'm like, geez, that must look shit. You know, like, it's all gubbing. Yeah. Anyway, we'd surfed, surfed it out, done our day, and then got back to the beach and looked at the photos, and we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, gub? Like, Virtue got a cover from that day, which looked like the fucking heaviest wave you've ever seen. Yeah. And it was. It was and instantly, it was. Yeah, instantly just... all these waves are on the cover, full story, yep. everything, it's all out there. Yep. And like, later on, we'd found out Toins is bipolar and um, (laughs) (laughs) was really having one of them days, you know, like everything looked shit to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was, it was like, that's, that's what it was. Yeah. He was like, this is shit. Wow. That's crazy. Whether it's in like a week later, we're towing in one foot trigs. Yeah. Doing tow outs, doing airs. And he's like, this is the best shit I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But out of the gub, he was like, this is crap. No way. But he'd shot some of the best photos he's ever shot in his life. Wow. And he's an amazing photographer. And um, so, yeah, that was the first session out there. And we'd surfed and, it. And, we'd... and I mean, that wave I've noticed, I've only been out there once on the ski just watching. And like a 10-footer won't actually break out there. No. Like it it needs to be like 15. Or I mean, I'm, I'm who knows, you know, like whether it's 15 or whatever, but it seemed like I was seeing 10-foot swells that just wouldn't break. They needed to be bigger. And I was like, whoa, I mean, a 10-foot swell of deep water wasn't enough to get it going. It was only the real big swells that made it go. Yeah. So, obviously, any time it's breaking, it it's it's big. It's big. Know? It has to be big, right? Real big. Yeah. Yep. So, we kind of surfed it for about two or three years, all on our own. Every time, no one out there? Um, no one out there with the same crew, but we brought the Hazard Twins down as well. I remember seeing uh, a, f- a cover yep. that the Hazard Sean. Twins, yeah, one of the Hazard Twins got, and uh, one of my mates, Alfie, was just freaking out going, <laughs> he knew it was down there somewhere, but he had no idea where, and he was freaking out going, how the fuck is this kid from the Gold Coast towing in to this and getting this cover and Alfie was on this mission and I just remember he was like he was driving around with that magazine on his front seat like just looking at it all day every day trying to work out where the hell it was and how he could get there and how he could get the photo but obviously he'd got that because he'd befriended you you mentioned earlier about buffing you out in D-Bar and that back in the day well think about it like that was still back in the day where we're still getting ridiculed by surfers left right and center right yeah and the hazard twins were never like that yeah right they were guys who didn't give a fuck. They yep. didn't care what you rid. They yep. didn't care about what anyone thought about them, what anyone thought of anyone. If you're their friend, they're their friend. Yep. That's it. Sick. So they didn't care. Yeah. They're our friends. So Because just... they're absolute legends, right? Yeah. And that's it. That was all it was. It was a friendship. These and guys can surf. They, their sponsors are Rusty, who are in Perth. Yeah. So they're always here. Yeah, right. And they're our friends. So that's who we surf with. And then you, you can surf hey. with whoever you want. Whoever's your friend is who you want to surf with. Yeah. And these guys are just abs- the probably the funniest dudes I've ever met in my whole life. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, without a doubt, they are. Yeah. And everyone can see that now. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, like only knew only us knew that back in the day. Well, everyone who were their friends knew that back in the day. But everyone who, who was the same as us always thought... These cunts will just do something and make it because that's just who they are. Because they're, they're, they look after everyone. They look after their friends, and that is it. Like See, they, and it paid off for them because they were the first 
real surfers apart from the the local boys that had probably already had a crack at it but they were the first surfers to really start stand-up surfers to get in photos there weren't they and it was on the back of hanging out with you guys well they were the first surfers to ever ride it yeah right yeah so we were the, we bodyboarded it for so like so Rufy and Shanahan and that hadn't actually ridden it yet they They'd had just they had it. no idea about it didn't they they yeah. didn't know because yeah. like I said swells that big you never went out there yeah yeah you just wouldn't go out there you just never noticed something that being out there so, and they had waves that were closer to where they lived in Denmark yeah that would break in those swells yeah so they always surfed them yeah. they didn't know it was right it was right under their nose but they didn't know but like. Obviously, that's just it, that's how it is with waves like that. That's just but what happened, yeah. No, like as soon as they obviously they were pretty quick to cotton onto it. Like it, it, it was real funny. Anyway, we, we'd been surfing it for ourselves for about three years, and um, everyone and you, you just you, had some crazy sessions out there. And that you time, guys I'm know guessing. Shorty Michael Short, yeah, Mick Short, yeah, of course, yeah, right. The, the goofy footer <laughs> yeah. ranger from uh, Margie's Hell Surfer. Yeah. So yep. one day we're surfing out there, and yep. he's rocked up on the ski. And we're like, fuck, this right. is it. Like, it's over. It's over. Yeah. We're looking at each other going, it is over. And he's just some chippy from Margie's now. But at the time, he but was he an up and coming right? pro. He, he was a surf hell surfer. He, he yep. was surfing at Ron's. He, he, yep. he liked charging waves and all that stuff. And, yep. and, and he's, a, he's a good bloke. And um, He is a good bloke. And um, <laughs> he rocked up and we're like, this is it. It's all over now. Like, because he was friends with Matthews and all that too. Mark who, Matthews yeah, and all yeah. that, yeah. He was like one of the original guys who was friends with them, bringing them over and surfing all them heavy slabs. Yeah. And we're like, fuck, this is it. And it's in between sets, right? So we're all like to each other, keep him fucking talking and get him out of here. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <No way. laughs> so what we did was we got virtue behind the scheme. We're going, yeah, we're doing toe outs. We're trying to do airs. Where you toe at so the wave like and do an air. Like you're saying, yeah. the 10-footers wouldn't break. Yeah, yeah. So these waves are feathering through. We're trying to tow virtue to two airs. No way. Fucking around. So you actually started towing at them? We had to. No way. We were trying to pretend like we wow. weren't riding slabs. That's crazy. And he left. What? He and left. he didn't even see a set? He didn't see a set. Fuck off. He didn't see one. You guys are crafty. He's seen That's nothing. That's amazing. <laughs> he didn't see nothing. And wow. we were like, man, no matter what, like the amount of bullshit we just spun, he still knows. Like, yeah. we were just like, he knows. Like, Did he though? Where else could we be? You know what I mean? Did we're he know though? He would have. Out, out, <laughs> out in the middle, it's about yeah. two Ks out to sea. He knew. He knew? He knew. I'm pretty sure he knew. Yeah. Well, Mark Matthews and that followed on pretty close behind. Yeah, right. The next, yeah, the next yeah, year yeah. they were So he there. didn't buy your bullshit. No, we thought <laughs> he did. Yeah, yeah. He, let, he just went, yeah, yeah, whatever, but I'm a goofy footer and I'll yeah. just cruise up here. Oh. I'll ring me mate Mark Matthews as natural footer. Another ranger, mind yeah. you, ranger connections, you know. That's funny. Just, uh, yeah. I'm not sure if he even got a wave out there, but yeah, they were back. They were back pretty quick. Yeah, right. And I know that... Um, Kobe Adam held a knife to one of the Hazard twins' neck and asked him where the wave was too. No I don't know way. if he was kidding around or anything, but... Is that right? Because he was pretty focused on uh, his own career, which was a slab charging sort of a, at that time where slabs and, you know, mid-2000s, they were the newest and greatest things on in the surfing journalism world. And yeah. Kobe Abaddon and uh, But Mark the Hazards were good mates with them. Yeah. 
Yeah. So he could have been fucking around. But anyway, he, they said that. He probably he did. did it. And yeah. it was probably like 50% joking. And of course. And 50% like, of course. I actually yeah, want to know. Probably like, tell me where the wave is. Ah, yeah. Like, and yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not going to stab you, but I may punch you in the gut <laughs> many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's mental. But yeah, they were there not long after. and But I mean, I, and, I mean, it. you guys wrote it at its maximum size in those uh, in those couple of years. You had it to yourself, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. We milked it pretty hard. We, yep. we did... And, and I mean, it, it was the, great. Were they in the tension movies? Were they? Or was uh, that I think of... that was past that era. Part, so we actually that, yeah. had bought out a DVD ourselves. It was called Draw. Yep. And it had yeah two of the first sessions out there on that Does DVD. It? I'd like yeah. to see that. So that's kind of a uh, elaboration of Chris's movies. Yeah, like yep. um, the, we brought that out with uh, me and Brad yep. and my brother, who was doing a lot of um, cinema stuff at the time. So yeah, he was filming a lot of stuff with us at the time, and it did pretty well. That it was a, it came out on DVD. Oh yeah, so, so it was that, right you know, at that changeover. It period. was just at the end yep, yep. of that changeover period. Of VHS to DVD. Yeah. And what sort of safety gear were you running out there at the time? We didn't have nothing. Like nothing. that's what people ask us all the time about <laughs> vests and everything, and we yeah. never ever ever. I guess you wore had a vest. flippers on. We um, had flippers, yeah, yeah. but I mean, the, what ended it for us was like Husey had like. He, we were out there one day where it was just our ski and Matthews was out there with another ski and, um, it was super big and super bumpy. Like it was kind of, it was a wind that was turning. So it was started off a bit bumpy, but we knew it was turning that day. Yeah. Um, and we just, like, we were filming the TV show at the time and we were just like, fuck it. We need this stuff for the show. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, yeah, it was beyond big. It was big. And, um. I reckon I'd caught about three or so waves and was like, okay, I'm tapping out because I've yeah. got one really big one. And then it was Brad's turn and I think he'd caught maybe two waves. And then on the third wave, it didn't look that crazy big, but it, it pushed him right down. And instead of pushing him down and forward, it pushed him down and pushed him backwards. Right. So he pushed him underwater and yeah. back out to the peak. Oh, heavy. So I'm on the inside on the ski looking around for him in the white water. Yeah, where, he, and where I you think he should pop up. And I can't find him. Right. And I'm like, he's under something. He's under the reef. Like, yeah. I'm, he's dead, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't see him. And then I catch a tiny glance of his head out at sea, Heavy. like right where the top of the white water is, so right at the peak. Wow. At that very same time, the whole horizon is getting taken away from the probably one of the biggest waves I've ever seen out there. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I've seen Matthew's crew try to tow it and pull off because it was so fucking big. All the skis in the channel who were photographing it, zinging for the yeah. fucking horizon. Oh, fuck. And I'm just like, if I don't pick this cunt up, he's going to die. Shit. So I zoom fucking my ass off, grab him by the arm and just rip him to the left hander. He's pissing blood out of his nose because he's, he's pressurized, pressurized yeah. like blown his eardrums. They're both eardrums are blown out. Yeah. Blood out of ears, blood out of nose, everything. Far out. And he couldn't swim because of the oxygen deprivation had taken away all the feeling in his legs. Oh, man. So. Oh, it sounds horrible. If I didn't drag him out of that wave. He was gone. He would have died. He wouldn't have found his way to the top. You know, equilibrium and all that. That was the last trip. And that was your last trip as well. He sold the ski. Did he? Ski yeah. gone. Yeah. I didn't even know he sold it. Oh, really? Ski was gone. Really? He looked at the big picture and was like, that's it. We're done. Yeah. Because that was it. Like, if I didn't grab him, yeah, 
He Pete was, was dead. Yeah, for sure he was dead. 100%. Yeah. He couldn't even... It's amazing no one's died out there, really, mm-hmm. in all honesty, isn't it? I mean, such yeah. a... Yeah, well, I'm trying to think of the people that have surfed there. Like, most of the people you think have a bit of ability, I'm just... I, I don't know, because lately... I don't know who's been out there. I don't know if there's some cowboys out there just yeah, yeah. trying to get a shot. But you'd think most of the people are pretty clued in and have a bit of ability to yeah, know. Yeah, now everyone's got, you know, proper <laughs> flotation vests and that. But, I mean, ability doesn't count for anything. I mean, if you went down where Husey went down and got sucked back out to that way in a set, come up, it's got nothing to do with ability. It's no, just, that's know. true. Because Norris had told a same story to us. Because yeah. he blew his eardrums out and he ended up on the peak as well. Yeah, right. So it's something that that wave does. Where right. it has a spin cycle which pushes you underneath. Through, it pushes you an opposite way. Wow. So if you don't go over the white water and you go deep enough, yeah. you get pushed out the back. You get sucked back out. Which is the worst place to be. Far out. Right? Because in front of the wave it's all deep, so that's sort of Well, it, you you you're still fifty meters away from a wave breaking and yeah. you can duck down and go under it. Yeah, that's if it. you're on the peak, yeah. You're fucking it's, it's all over. Yeah, it's just dynamite in your wetsuit. So it wants to kill you. Wow. That's crazy. Oh, so, on that same day, this is the same day. So about this is probably just when we got out the back that day. Yeah. We like it was just our skis and Matthew's ski, and like we were sitting out the back, and then suddenly they fucking put the jets on and fanged over to us, and like, like what are these guys doing? Yeah. And he's like, mate, a fucking great white, twice the length of our ski. Pulled up next to it and rolled onto its belly. Oh. I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, we just seen a white belly of a great white shark wow. roll onto its stomach next to our ski. What? And like, that so was... Can this place get any gnarly? That, that, Jesus so, Christ. Now that I think about it, that was, that, was, that was after we'd caught waves. Because that was when we said, all right, we've had enough. Yeah. Because like, after that happened to Husey, I was like, oh, can, you know, because this is Husey who left me on the beach in Hawaii. Yeah, that's right. I You're was like, like, can you tow me into a couple more? <laughs> yeah. Did you actually say that? I did. <laughs> I'll just get a couple more, eh, Husey? He's like, yeah, yeah. No way. He was ready to tow me into a couple more. And then they seen the white. Yeah. And that was it. We were like, let's fucking call it. Yeah, yeah. You're bleeding from most places on your face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's whites rolling around on their There's whites rolling around. Anyway, those guys stayed on and it absolutely started pumping. They were the only ski out. Yeah, right. So they stayed on and yeah, like, because they were out there with Callum McCauley. Yep. yep. C-Mac was shooting them and yeah, they got unbelievable stuff. Wow. Like, sun came out, I'm everything. I'm guessing they weren't sitting in the water waiting for waves. They were sitting on the back no, of the ski. No, like, because that's what they would do. They yeah. hang behind the ski yeah. on the rope. We never did that no. on bodyboards. We you would don't step offs. We would hold the no. We would hold the rope, and then when we see a wave, jump off, zoom off, and then go. Yeah, right. These guys, they just dangle like a lure the whole yeah, time. Yeah, because you got to stand up. That's right. That old scenario. <laughs> they dangle like a lure the whole time. Oh, that's heavy. Well, we, we can just lie there and wait, right? No, but that's why would we, we wouldn't do that. We just sit on the back of the ski, and, yeah, because then we can both see swells coming. Like, yeah, yeah, because sure. we would only catch two or three waves a session. Yeah. As opposed to these guys who are like doing donuts, swinging and swinging around, yeah. catching a million waves, but a million shit waves, right? Yeah. But we would wait for just the sets. Yeah. And although it was like guys like Mark, Matt, Mark Matthews and that, they would completely 100%, even the locals give us full respect yeah. and let us take the waves we wanted. Yeah, because you found it. And they realized that and that was yeah. great. Like, yeah, cool. They could have they walked all over us, but yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think at that time, at that stage, we would have taken it either. We were pretty. <laughs> yeah, you were like we'd gone through a lot to get there, to get yeah. there, and we yeah. were like, "Listen, these, it's not going to happen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sick. So it was good. But so, that, and that was the last time you've surfed it. That was the last time. Really? What year was that roughly? Okay. I couldn't even. Long tell time you. ago. Like it was a long o, time ago. Yeah. Eight or something like that. Well, or 10, yeah, 2010 nah, maybe. So that the the TV series aired in 2011. I would say it was somewhere around that because yeah, yeah. the last, very last episode, episode four, is that session. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. And yeah, I want to see that too. And um, and have you ever had urges to go back, or is it just it got it sort of blew out from there in terms of lots more people finding out about it and that? Or? I would love to go watch it. Yeah? You don't yeah. want to surf it again? I don't think I would. <clears throat> You've done? I, I'd be completely happy surfing the channel. Because you've got kids and stuff now. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, I, I wouldn't, like, okay, so guys like um, Ollie Henry. Yep. Like, he. Young guy from Yales. I've seen an amazing photo of him just recently. Yep. Real deep one. Yep. That, so, yep. like, that's the type of, like, he would kind of, you know, get in touch with me every time he has a session out there because he wants to tell me about it and I think that's sick. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, I'm so frothing on that and frothing on guys like him who he's just like, you've got to come down with us again, like wanting, like, you know, kind of trying to get me to come down with it again to share with him and I find that so, yeah, so sick. Such a great uh, tip of the hat. Yeah. From a young guy that's, um, yeah. yeah, it's an awesome. Guys like him, uh, like the pinnacle, like they're, they're what we need. And that's what you were. Yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, but he's got yeah. like, he's exactly like a hazard twin, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. he doesn't give a fuck who you are. Yeah, he yeah. just wants, he's just your mate. Wow, that's so, awesome. So, yeah, but, there's a, but I feel like that's the way, like you're saying. Yeah. It's, there's no surfer bodyboard thing anymore. That's no. it's That's a thing no. of the past. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Were so. there um, any situations out there, Chatty, when you personally had, I mean, you talked about Husey's wipe out there, but... Any times where you personally, uh, you know, wiped out um, and that you can recall that really vividly stick out to you, um, especially without flotation, I guess, and, and um, you know, the potential for getting hold down for two waves out there. Is there any situations where you yourself kind of uh, stick out in your mind about wipeouts out there? Yep, I had um, one one wipeout which stood out probably more than any um i i'd kind of got all the way to the end of the wave and it gubbed on me <laughs> of course yeah anyway i caught a caught a little bit of a pinch or something and it kind of got me right on the end and i was like at the time thinking fuck it's right on the end this is nothing and then found myself just so freaking deep underwater with like my board just tugging so hard on my arm and just no way to get up, like, just thinking, oh, I'm in the deepest water, like, and like, with no power to get out of it, just, and you just have to literally give, give way to it, you just have to say, oh, I'm just going to have to wait, and you have to wait it out until you get a ch- your chance to get to the top, and that only really happened that once, like, I had a bad wipeout on the very first session, which was like, I had to straighten out, and it just lit me in the back, Oh. But you in your crushed vertebrae. Yeah, <laughs> but I popped. Yeah. I popped up. Yeah, like it was something like I was like, "Whew, that was that was alright." You know, like it rolled me, but I popped up. But some, yeah, this this other one where I thought I was absolutely pea sweet swimming in the channel, not to be. I just got pushed so deep and surprised. And they're the worst ones, right? They surprise you because you take a half breath thinking yeah. I'm sweet. Yep. And then you end up under there for like twice as long as you think, thinking. Oh, this is where you got to think about. You got to think about being calm, you know, 
how, how can you think about being calm when you're spinning around underwater? <laughs> Crazy. Well, mates, these are awesome tales of just some of the deadliest, scariest chunks of ocean in Western Australia, which equivocates to anything in the world. Uh, you're listening to Barrel Surf Podcast. I'm Adzi. We've, uh, T-Bone has left us. He had to go home for dinner. Ducky has joined in as a special commentary there by that last question. And we are grilling Chatty Jackson, the absolute mad dog, chew pig bodyboarder from uh, back in the day. Uh, I'm sure he's still a mad dog now, but he's regaling some of his hero stories before he had a family to think about. And, geez, there's been some pretty scary ones. Last pretty scary bits of water you're talking about. Mate, what do you find scarier? Uh, the right or Cyclops? Which one's scarier? Or are they just two totally different that you can't compare them? 100% Cyclops. I would never even bother with that one. Really? Like the just right, too shallow? The right, I'm saying, is a chance. Yep. But the Cyclops, no way in the world. No, because... Mate, no, no one's been a Cyclops, as far as we know, in like 10 years. It's just, no. it's done, isn't it? Oh, it's done. Everyone it's thought dusted. for a while there that it's maybe the chance to be one of the mentalist waves ever, but no, it's just not, is it? Nah, the the barnacles that come off the reef and stuff there, it is just, yeah, nah. It is, that place is a novelty. I would say it's a novelty yep. on another level. Yeah, yep. No chance. And <laughs> mates, in all those times that you drove around those areas, I mean, you guys just... Scaled that coast looking for just the most deathly pieces of slabbing lip around. Was there any other stuff that you ever found that you can't name or anything that rivaled sort of the right or anything like that? Um, nah, nah, nah. Not, not, not the right is the pinnacle, right? It's I, I can't think of a wave that looks anything like it, really. Yeah. To be honest, like there's there's no way I, wave I can compare it to. That looks like that. And yeah, nothing we've found's been like that. Some yep. sick waves, but yeah, nothing like that. Yep, yep. So you found lots of good slabs that were maybe sort of more in the box country or something like that that you found out in the middle of nowhere, maybe. Something like but, that or worse, probably. Yeah, yeah, a bit uglier. <laughs> they but, all end up worse. Yeah. <laughs> but nothing that ever uh, really um, could raise its uh, raise its hat and, and throw its hat in the ring with the right, basically. Nah, you've seen it all. Like I said, yep. we had such a good crew with us that documented everything as well. So, yeah, yeah, everything we we went and discovered, we we documented, and everyone's seen it. Yep, yeah, cool. mate. Well, let's. We, we, I mean, we're at two hours and ten minutes. I always think these things are going to go for an hour and a half, but uh, usually, mate, we just choose good people to come in here, and there's so much bloody good content. There's, mate, these are fascinating stories of surfing in WA. Um, Mate, you were talking about a good crew of documenting. We've danced around the subject for a lot. The Tension movies. Chris White's uh, project uh, started, what, late 90s. Um, mate, they really, as we said earlier, they captured the imagination of, um, you know, 16-year-olds across the country. And, uh, mate, as you said, you were kids having fun, doing stupid shit. Uh, and riding sick waves on bodyboards. It was almost like jackass crossed with bodyboarding or something like that, wasn't it? Um, tell us a, quickly a, a bit about that whole Tension series because it got really, really popular. Like, he, he pretty much retired off him, didn't he, Chris White? He made a lot of money out of the Tension movies, I think. Yeah, well, that I mean, I think you pretty much nailed it everywhere. Like, he... Um so his his background, he was obviously a good bodyboarder as well as a really good skateboarder. So he he um, followed 
the Jackass crew, which were originally CKY. I, I don't even know if many people had ever heard of CKY, but CKY was what came out before Jackass, right? which stands for Camp Kill Yourself. <laughs> so that they made skateboard movies with Jackass stunts, right? Right. So he, you know, as a bodyboarder, based his movies on the same thing. Yep. And went on with that. And um, yeah, like some people would even say that he put bodyboarding on the map, you know. Yeah. So I, it did it, it, it made a huge difference in the it, sport. It made a massive difference. It was it was big time. I mean, I was actually making surf movies around the same time. Um and I even sold him a couple of clips back in the day when I'd get an odd good clip. Oh why and mate, Whitey was just he was it was back in the days of writing checks. He was actually just writing checks. He was just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a sick clip. Uh, write your check. Off you'd go, mate. Like, he was killing it. The tension movies were huge. They were so popular. Um, he obviously had all the cutting-edge Australian performance bodyboarders in his team. He was getting the best footage and then just stringing it together with stupid funny shit. And like, uh, Well, it's pretty easy when, like, you're such, like he's a great guy, right? So. Yeah. It makes it a lot easier because you want to hang around him for one. Yeah. And then he's coaxing you into doing dumb shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, do this, I'll and, give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, it's nothing to do. It was nothing to do with money or anything. Nah, was it was it? like, do this, it'll be funny. Yeah. You know, that's what it was. It yeah. was like, this will be funny. Let's film it and have a look at it. Yeah. So you do it and then go, that was funny. You, yeah. you sit there fucking, you're laughing your ass off. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's what it was all about. It was what was some of the stupidest shit he made you do in terms of skits? Oh, I don't know. We did some, we did some funny trips to like um, have you ever heard of a Cook Island called Rarotonga? No, but I've so, heard of the Cook Islands. Yeah. Yep. So Cook Islands, we did a trip to Rarotonga, and um, that trip went on. It went Rarotonga. We went to Fiji, Rarotonga, and Tahiti after that, and um. He was hot- he footing the bill for all these travel things? Or? No, so we were doing the trip anyway and he was he was on board, right? So yep. it was like we were <clears> – it was a trip kind of, you know, we'd G each other but up Because obviously it. you became one of his main stars in the tension Yeah, movie. so it's yeah. like let's organise a trip. Let's let's work something out where we can do a trip and um, you come along, you film. We, we surf. We love surfing. Yep. And we've got sponsors. We've got to keep them happy. So we're filming for his movie, all that kind of thing. And then, um, but he, you know, when you're there, he's coming up with the ideas. He's like, so you can hire these little cars and shit. <laughs> so like we're driving around in these little carts, almost like, um, they're almost like anything in between a golf cart and something smaller. Right. And, but they get a bit of a top speed up and we're just flying around fucking launching on these cars and shit and he's like this would be hilarious and it's like it was hilarious and it was yeah. fun and yeah. like it's just kind of stuff like that that we were doing it's like the place rains like non-stop so it's like all right let's go around and wait for people at bus stops and splash them in puddles so we'd film, <laughs> <laughs> we'd film each other just doing st- like stuff like that but it's yeah. you, know, you know it's all coming out of his brain you know he's yeah, like right. this will be funny <clears throat> yeah, and we're cool. like that will be funny let's do yeah. it how how many movies did he make in the end? Do you know, I think he made a a ten, was it ten all up. But he did, ten. but he did like some Hawaii ones. So it was Hawaii vacation, and then yeah, and then there was tension vacation, and there was a couple of other things. And then he did another movie with Jake Stone called Grow Up as well, which was after the tension series. Oh. Yeah, so I, I always one of my favorite bits. I, I, don't, I look, I didn't watch them all, but I definitely watched some of them. Um, someone doing a bottom turn once. 
It was like bottom turn and it cut to one of you guys, I don't know, and he's driving some car in some suburb in Perth and he's just got up, pulled his pants down, stuck his bum on the steering wheel and turned around a corner with his bum and just like bottom turn. I was like, fuck, that was pretty funny. But you know, that's what it is. Who was that? Like, Who was that? You know that one? You wonder if people have the same, you wonder if the people have the same humour as you. You know uh, what I, I mean? I, like, <laughs> I thought it was yeah. pretty funny. You know what I mean? Like you, you, We would film a sign saying... Um, you know, do not litter, and we'd be standing there littering. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, or, yeah. or no golf, and we're teeing off. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was just really funny stuff Stupid like that. Shit. Really, really obvious shit. Yeah. I always remember you guys going into supermarkets, and just they got the big aisle where they oh, stack yeah. like, you know, toilet paper. Yeah, toilet paper. <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, that's taken on a whole new meaning now. But oh, um, yeah, you can't knock that over. Yeah, don't knock that over. <laughs> but just these huge displays, and you guys are just you know, fall over in them and stuff. And, and you could see he was filming it under his jacket or whatever. And his little kids and he'd run off and then, yeah. And then he was just ripping all the best music. I don't know how he ever got away with that copyright stuff. Did oh, that ever come back to haunt him? Or? <laughs> oh, I'm not sure. Not sure, yeah. Because, yeah. mate, he was just like dire straits and this and that. and uh, He had the yeah. film, he had the video, the soundtrack to go with it. He had it, the hell sure. music, yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, well, good on him. But, um, yeah, hopefully... That's all good, but some of those premieres, Chatty, I remember. Oh, yeah, the I remember going to them, and it was just amazing. You know, you'd have had all these people just lining up outside, and um, I was kind of thinking to myself, "Wow, this is for a bodyboarding movie." Yep. You know, it was uh, bigger than Ben Hur. So a regal theatre that fits like six to eight hundred people had over a thousand people somehow fit in there down aisles yeah. everywhere probably the most packed that theater has ever been really because it's the a Regal, bodyboard uh, in subiaco yeah yeah and because it's a bodyboard video they're like nah he's like just keep them coming in just yeah. keep them coming in and so they just kept packing in no like, way there was just no limit and that's it it was like no one's missing out yeah you're getting in you're yeah. coming in sick and people lined up for hundreds of meters. And so, so some pretty good parties associated with the premieres oh, of some mate, of those movies. It was it was hilarious because we rock up in limos and shit. Did it's you? Like, what the fuck? And are what we are you doing? like, twenty one year old bodyboarding? And we didn't think of ourselves like that at all. You know what I mean? We're not yeah. rock, we're, we didn't think of ourselves as like the rock stars, like you know Gabriel Medina or something like that. It's yeah, just yeah. like we're fucking around, having a good time. Yeah. There's a line a hundred meters long for people to get in here and we're rocking up in a limo. No, <laughs> like, it's just really for us. It's <laughs> just really for us. Like, what is going on? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, it was just funny. Yeah. That was all it was. It was mate, just hilarious. They were, yeah, they were pretty iconic, that's for sure. Um, and, mate, obviously Whitey did really, really well out of I mean, I mean, we don't know how much money he made you maybe do but whatever but i mean it's fair to say it set him up for life um and he's still taking surf photos and stuff maybe a little bit i don't know what he really does for money but well um, he's a ninja warrior right yeah he's a ninja warrior <laughs> yeah. i've seen him on australian ninja warrior but i mean it set him up for life that that's uh fair to say isn't it um oh yeah movies. i'm not sure he still does um all the odd jobs here and there like he's still he's pretty associated with gyms and stuff like that so yep, yep. he's working for with gyms and that so yeah no yep. he's still getting out there and um like yeah just doing what he loves to do you know what i mean like yeah, he's sick. loving all the ninja stuff now so he's doing that and he's yeah, doing cool. everything associated to that so yeah cool yeah and mate how did i mean how did you come out the end of it just sort of financially i don't need exact figures but um, you know, with after competing and the tension stuff, I don't know if you ever, you know, why do you ever, you know, paid for any of your stuff there or and sponsors and that. When you 
when it all sort of wound down for you and you you ended up in um living in Dunsborough and and doing what you did uh, I mean did you come out of it looking pretty well with sponsorship in the bodyboarding in those areas like good money or was it pretty mediocre sort of stuff or where do you where do you end up yeah so i reckon um we you know we had we had enough money from sponsors to get by and do all the stuff that we wanted to do and we um we lived it up you know what i mean we had it we had a good time and then um so like we created a like when i broke my back which is when we created grand flavor Right. So I created that with two other bodyboarders and a designer from Margs, which yep. was funnily enough, the designer dude was, he was part of the family that I lived with when I lived in the Batcave. Oh, right. At the Ellensbrook Batcave. Yeah. yeah so cool. he was part of the family there. So um, <clears throat> he was part of that. We were part of that company and he was doing, he was really doing all the hard yards while, while we just surfed and promoted it kind of thing. Yep. And then um, it, yeah, got to a certain point where kind of everyone, like he split ways and then we kept going for a few more years and then one of the other guys would split ways and then it was only two of us and then another guy would split ways and then it ended up with just me. So I was the sole owner of the company with like one other dude who was investing in it um, because he loved bodyboarding and wanted to keep it like, you know, pump some money into it and really make something into it, out of it. And um so yeah, I um, kept going as soon as I, we'd moved. Well, I, I had, um, had my first kid and he'd turned, by the time he turned one, we moved down to Dunsborough and he's eight now. Um, yep. And so we moved down here and I'd just been doing the clothing, moved straight into like a shared office in town yep. to work out of there. And it was great because I was working with a lot of local people and a lot of creative people who really helped me along with my trip with the brand and then um yeah so I, I i took over the brand on my own which had been built up and so that was good for me i i enjoyed doing that i enjoyed designing clothes i enjoyed all that stuff to do with the brand so i i i kind of really love doing that but um is that all you're doing these days work that, that is all i'm doing yeah yep. i'm promoting and the brand okay. and everything but covid's took a bit of a turn on it yep. all and <laughs> Last year we got hacked on our Instagram and everything, which which yeah, you really, about that we had here. a total fucking meltdown. Really, like when COVID <laughs> hit, we it's been a meltdown. Like we got hacked all at the same time, and it hasn't been great. So what I've been trying to do really is build up a big local based supporter group. Yep. Because that's what you do, right? When you're in a country town. Yep. Um, and when you're in a time like COVID, you got to rely on people around you to support you yep. and none better than a country town right because yep. that's what country towns do everyone Local owns their business. own everyone owns their own businesses and everyone supports each other everyone if you if you want a plumber you call you know you call someone you call know ducky <laughs> don't call me <laughs> you, you call someone you know though right yeah you, yeah you don't it. you don't call someone from Your yellow pages yeah that's right you for, you, you yeah. know someone so yep. i'm hoping to get the support support base down here that says like I want to buy a jumper. I'm going to buy it off me. Yeah, cool. And that's and that's what I'm working on. And and um, you know, I'm working with um, because I'm working in a shared office. I've got like local advantage, who's yep. from Dunsborough, and they're yep. like, you know, I'm working with people like that who are local and doing doing good deals for people who are local Sick. for Grand Flavor. So yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Trying to get everyone on board. Yeah, locally. To awesome. make, it, oh, make that, it happen because I know that the local community can support it. We'll get behind Grand Flavor because, uh, mate, the world champion bodyboarders sponsored by Grand Flavor <laughs> and they right. come from 
old uh, local Chatty Jackson, who's just uh, a legend from WA who made it happen. So any uh, WA or Aussie guys out there, definitely get behind Grand Flavour and support the man who uh, has done a lot for bodyboarding from knocking over cans of baked beans in the supermarket for cameras <laughs> to pioneering some of the heaviest waves on the planet. So that's yeah, pretty awesome, man. Um, it's all in the same realm, mate. It's all baked, pretty baked much same shit. Yeah. You guys ate a lot of baked beans down on that south coast, didn't you? Yeah. Knock them over and then take them down. Yeah, that's it. Mate, so yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, mates, uh, I think we should probably start to round it out. We've, uh, there was a couple of big stories there. You've got plenty more. You've got a lot of great stories and you've done a lot in the surfing world. Um, but let's just uh, let's wind it up. Um, got a couple little questions that uh, some I like to ask uh, everyone, and and some will be a bit more specific to you. Um, one that is specific to bodyboarders, I've always wondered. You know, when they do those really huge airs, uh, uh, straight airs, maybe still a bit, but especially the ones where you go up and you sort of do the backflip. You, you hit the lip and you fly out frontwards and you land backwards, like mate. Does that hurt when you're landing? You're just slapping on the water so hard and you maybe your balls and your guts and Mate, everything do they hurt? hurt? Everything hurts if you haven't done the preparation. That's for <laughs> oh, sure. How do you prep for that? Well, that's what just you, core strength, right? Is it? That's this. So you do big airs like that, land on your guts like real hard and sometimes it doesn't hurt? I still do them now, but they all hurt. Because, <laughs> <laughs> mate, some of them, they just... You know what it's like when you you take off and you and you try to get to your feet and and the lip pitches. It's only like a five footer, and you get thrown out into the flats and you hit the water and it's hard, mate. Like you you split your nuts or you you do you get winded and and mate, so many of those airs the the lids. I mean you you're flying out in the flats from these huge heights and you're literally landing flat on on your bodyboard and then I'm like, shit, did that hurt or what? Do you reckon when 10 years ago when you got pitched out into the flats it hurt, it hurt as much? I've always had... <laughs> <laughs> I've always... It always I hurt. don't know if it's something with the shape of my ball bag or whatever, but I always get that stinging. You know when you just go under and you're like, oh no, here it comes, here it comes. Then five like, seconds later, it's like someone put chili on your balls. <laughs> when you just hit the water and it's like through the wetsuit and you get the sting. But yeah, anyway, I oh, guess. I, I, so I, it's I, a bit of an age thing, you reckon? I reckon it's an age thing, but I yep. feel like bodyboarders have a very good anaerobic fitness, like yep, very yep. fit humans. Like... I, um, I, Louis Finnegan, I follow him on Instagram. That guy is a... Uh, he's maybe he, the best example of a fit human. He's a crazy yoga yeah. guru. He charges the right. He, he's on yeah. some mission to sort of paddle the right, isn't he? He's, yeah, yeah. And, and then he's... Uh, he he had was some a, serious he, injury, though. He was he? a grand flavor rider. Was he? Yeah. Um, he... Yeah, so he had a... He had a really bad hip injury where he had to get a like a hip replaced, and I don't think it was probably from doing those fucking reverse somersaults into the flats. I would imagine. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a something associated to everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a, but um, but that's the thing, right? He's the fittest human you can see, and he still had something like that happen to him, and he's gone through all the surgery now, and hopefully he comes out the the other end like a lot, like get and can get back to doing what he wants to do. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, all right, mate. Well, what about uh, just uh, quickly? I was gonna. I've always got one that's called worst wipeout, but I think we've covered that already. I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, probably yeah. between the Hawaii one and the. I'll Cyclops give that Cyclops. I'll yeah, give that yeah. Cyclops. So, um, <laughs> mate, the best ever session is. I mean, I know it's always hard because I always reckon it's probably comes down to sort of about five or ten, really, at a, at a career's 
when you're 40 or whatever and you know but just uh if is there one that just jumps out straight away at you when i say what's the best session ever? oh there's nothing that jumps out straight away but do you know what i really love the northwest yep. of wa yeah, like, we didn't even cover that no nah, and I, <laughs> I i just love being up at toomey's and that yeah and yep. like i just think the vibe up there's great and yeah, i love, so I love sessions out there no matter like you get as good a waves as anywhere else but i just like that that area code yeah sick um, love that area code yeah not to mention the deathly right in front of the cliffs just that, uh that's a south good way i'm yep. sure would appeal to your kind very much so yeah i've seen all. some pretty epic waves there and uh and then the long deathly pits of toomey's would be right up your alley and yeah. as you say it's the vibe it's the sun the water clarity the fishing it's just the campfires it's pretty epic camping's isn't it? great right it is good it's mate. everything yep. up there um and mates uh oh i had one note that ducky uh said mate, he said something about stand-ups this is probably going back a bit stand-ups trying to follow where you were going when you were in that <laughs> era of um finding all these slabs and probably getting photos it was probably around that same era that the has you know he took the hazards there for the first time is there a story attached to that of stand-ups like basically um were hiding in the bushes and, and waiting and waiting to see where you went. Is there any truth to that? Or is Ducky full of shit? Yeah, nah. So, <laughs> you I full guess, of shit, Ducky? Nah, nah. I'm t- I think, I, well, chat, we'll let <laughs> Chatty answer well, that, I guess. Well, it's a loosely based story, right? Because mm, it's okay. all, you, you're hearing this off other people, right? So when <laughs> we were surfing them waves, we were parking at certain spots. Right. <laughs> and then... um. So we'd, we'd park at certain spots that you'd surf. You'd park to go and surf all the regular waves, right? But then we caught wind that they were, we were getting... Tailed. Tailed. Yeah. So we changed our spots. We we, yeah. we changed the spots that we were parking at. and um, Who was they, tailing you? Do you they, want to name names? Oh, I don't <laughs> think I'm... I'm not that type of person. Okay. Then. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> okay. I'm not going to do it. But stand-up service... They know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> so some serious stand-up surfers who wanted a piece of the action. Slash photographers. Yep. Had started uh, staking you out, basically. Is this on the south coast or around here? This was for the right. Uh, for the right, was it? Yeah. Yeah. So they'd, st- yeah, they were staking us out. So we are told, right? So where were you parking at the start? Uh, we would uh, park where everyone else would park to go down there around Peaceful Bay. Yep. 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 Everyone put the cars and that down there. But then when we wouldn't park there, it would be a bit weird, right? And we yeah. were still surfing the same way. Because no one really parks there now, do they? They park. Um, no one parks there anymore, no. no they no. park where we <laughs> park. So is that why you shifted to the inlet? So we shifted to the inlet. Yep. Because the Google Map le- the Google Map legend was like, "Hey, maybe we could get through here." Yeah. So we've we've ended up putting everything in there, which was a a easier trip. Way easier. You got a little cabin right there. You got yeah. easy anchorage. It was easier. Yep. It was an easier trip, but it wasn't. It wasn't. It just wasn't a known thing back then. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. But we changed and. Yeah. And, so. and, and you changed because people were literally... We changed because we heard we were getting tailed. You were getting tailed. And that's the only Did you ever reason... see him tailing you? We didn't. Didn't you? And that's the only reason we changed, because we heard we were getting tailed. <laughs> that's but we never seen him. Never seen him. No. Wow. You guys are crafty. I love it. Um, mate. Well, they got right. us, right? They got, you. <laughs> they got you in the end. Old Shorty found you, didn't he? Shorty. I, mate, I remember hilarious. coming back from Bunyak Island's boat trip. Uh, I was in... Oh, I can't remember where I was. I was in, in some transit airport somewhere, maybe Singapore or something like that. 
Banyak Islands is, is yeah. that somewhere in Indonesia or? Yeah, yeah, Banyaks. Yeah. Uh, yep. Banyak means many. Okay. In Indonesian, many <laughs> islands. Good trip. Um, yeah, it was epic boat trip. It was about 2008, 2010, something like that. Yep. Um, right on the money. Yeah, it was around then, and I came back, uh, and we finally got back to civilization after two weeks on this boat. And I, uh, mate, it was someone sent me an email, and it was a photo of Kirby Brown, on just the most bizarre looking wave I'd ever seen and we were just all gathered around this thing after surfing perfect four foot Indo tubes and we just seen this thing and was like what the fuck is this so I'm assuming that was uh yeah, right around that time yep. um, of when when the surfers latched onto it, you know, yep. and courtesy. And I know Shorty's pretty good mates with Kirby, so sure yeah. he had something to do with that. <laughs> well, Kirby would have been one of the first because we were friends with Kirby as well, but... Yeah, yeah, but, like, you, didn't, but you didn't give it up to him? Well, we're... We're, the, we're crew asking at you? At the same time, we were hanging around with the hazards. Like, Kirby was always around there, but... Yeah. I don't know. Kirby never pushed us. Didn't he? He's not a pushy guy. Nah. He's very mellow. He never pushed us, but he... Yeah. Like, now he lives there, right? Yeah, yeah. Because he lives and breathes surfing them waves. Yeah, he does. So yep. good on him. That's so. We're um, did you, were, were lots of people pressuring you uh, around that time to go? Where is that thing? Can, oh yeah. Give me of an example of, of who, <laughs> Give me an example of who was and what your responses nah, were. No, I, I don't. I honestly don't know. There, like, as soon as it comes out in the magazine, right? Everyone's got that magazine. Yeah. Surfers, bodyboarders, everyone. Yep. Everyone wants to know, but everyone's obviously. Smart enough to not ask because they know we're not going to tell, yeah. right? Yeah. And if you are ballsy enough to ask, you're going to get a flat out no. <laughs> so it was just like, yeah, you know, you wouldn't, you, you know, there was pressure, but you you weren't copping it, yeah, because they knew we're yeah, not going to yeah. tell you're you where it is. It up. Yeah. Nah, uh, it's, yeah, fair call, <laughs> mate. Um, all right, well, let's. Uh, oh, mate, uh, you mentioned something about death threats on a Mentawi's boat trip. Is that worth a story or? <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's probably a standard Mentawi's boat trip, standard, right? <laughs> yeah. Some guys trying to sell you some stuff you didn't want to. They pulled out the machetes somewhere. Yeah, nah, just like, yep, trying to drag us off the boat. Ended up having to bail the boat. Well, we did a couple of trips to Mentawi's anyway, but yeah, I've just um, found that locals around that place really gnarly. Yep. So um, it, 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 it's a scary place. Like, I'm not, not sure because I haven't been there for so long. Yeah. I'd have no idea what it's like nowadays, but back in the day, it, it was a scary place. Like, you think you'd just go in there to surf perfect waves. Like, you got your locals paddling out in their wooden canoes yeah. who have no money, right? Yeah, they've got nothing. And th- they've, they will do anything to get whatever they have to get. Yeah. And if there's something on that, that boat that they want, they will fucking go through you to get it. Yeah, and if you're not going to buy their wood off them, wood carvings, then maybe they'll take another avenue. That's right. Yeah. And it's scary and, and shit. And it got a bit... Got a bit sketchy one time. And when you're a young kid, you got no fucking, you got no idea what's going on. Yeah, yeah. You need the older crew on the boat to give you a bit of a helping hand at those kind of moments. <laughs> yeah. and it's scary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I would assume that back at that time, in that time frame, Mentali's trips were pretty similar. I don't know what it's like these of, days. What, what years were they? Like, yeah, like similar, of, similar, like, yeah. you know, late. 06, 08, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I reckon yeah. like towards 2010 and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, yeah, nah before that way yeah. before that yeah. <laughs> yeah mid like yeah 2000 2004 2005 2006 anything yeah. like that but yeah like i um i'm assuming the people those same people out there now would be the same right especially yeah. especially Mate, even with more how, so even more so yeah right with how covid is and everything i i, I think it would be, even be desperate more man. hardcore yeah. especially since they've had a taste of foreign 
money. Flesh. And flesh. <laughs> uh, whereas before, you know, you don't know what you're missing if you've never seen it. But now yeah. they have seen it and they're missing it. And yeah, so it'd be, yeah. be pretty desperate times, I would assume you know? it would could could be worse. Yeah. So it, I wouldn't like be. to yeah. find out. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, let's, uh, let's just finish out with best tube ever. It's got to be Toomey's, I reckon. Does it? A yeah. big triple or something? Yeah. Or a- like, I'd obviously the right, like, but the thing is with the right, it's so big you can't even see it. <laughs> really? You don't like, even know if you're in the tube. It's so big that you you can't, you can't even, if you look up, Yeah. it's just so big you can't see it. Wow. You can't so see it. So you're not it. getting the tube feeling because nah, you, know, you like, can't see the tube. A tube vision is a tube vision, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's all yeah, about the vis. That's a right. When you're at the right, it's very fast and... It's like you're getting put put at the bottom of an avalanche, which which is exploding you out, and you're yep. not taking the time to have a look around, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I reckon Toomey's in that like sick pits up there. Yeah, yep. I just love that wave. Yeah, fair enough. Um, and Indo, chips. Indo, good good waves in Indos. Yep, yep. In Indo had had some sick pits there. Yeah, sick. Otherwise, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's that's good. Yeah, mates, I reckon we should probably wrap it up. Thanks so much for coming in, Chatty and Ducky. Uh, it was a good tip off by Ducky to get you in here. There were some epic stories, man. Those Cyclops stories and the and discovering the right is crazy. Uh, crazy stories. It's yeah, scary, mate. It just <laughs> wigged me out, and some of them just thinking about actually what you were doing. You know, to those that know, is it really was crazy what you guys were doing and. And then, yeah, having such a good time in all those tension years and that and being on the tour, mate, you've lived a, a, a fantastic bodyboarding life. Obviously, uh, you're only halfway through, hopefully. And, uh, I'm at the know. end of the bodyboarding career, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'm sure you're still surfing these days. And yeah. how often do you surf? A few times a week still? Uh, that sounds Couple. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Lock me in. Yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah, but once or twice a month. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, is that uh, all? No, it's pretty busy with young yeah. kids, you know. You yeah, know I know, yeah. mate. you got three. Yeah, I understand. Yep. But, um, and busy with business. So, yeah, yeah, you do everything you can to get in the water. And when yeah, you do, mate, you you're make the a great most... part of the world. Exactly. Um, That's you, why you moved down here. Yeah, so you know, you've good. obviously got a healthy, happy family. You've got a business venture that's still connected to bodyboarding. Um, you're still watching bodyboarding. Uh, do you watch surfing do you competitions, know what? You, stand-up you surfing? You get very excited through living through your kids. Yeah, I reckon. That, yeah. that that comes like that for me that's come as a second wind like instead of just going surfing and entertaining myself like if i see my kids being happy that that is what yeah. makes me happy are they so on bodyboards yet? i don't miss i don't miss anything that like if i miss a swell i don't miss it anymore yeah, yeah, like, yeah. whatever they do yeah no my, my oldest son rides a surfboard oh yeah yeah still pushes in pushing me into waves at meal up and that and yeah, sick. every every day and every week so yeah he he's getting into that but he just does it for fun you know he's not yeah. Yeah, hey, that's all it's, it's about. It's fun, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's um. He's told me he wants to ride a bodyboard, but I, I, he can do whatever he wants. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with all the um the softboards, the stand up boards, I think that's good fun. Maybe eh? taking away a bit from the young kids riding bodyboards because I reckon you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, that was Gene Hardy actually who when we interviewed him, he said that's why he thinks there's less bodyboarders now. Hundred percent because of the softboards. Because right. as yep. I alluded to earlier, I was scared of my surfboard. Yeah. Softboards would have been a great answer for me at, at that time, but I didn't. I went to a bodyboard, you know. So they're so accessible, right? And yeah. when you go to learn to surf, you're on a softboard, and that that's how you get your evolution, right? You're riding yeah. a ten foot board to start with, and then yeah. you scale down, 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 and you can end up turning. You're riding a five to six foot board if you're a little kid, you know. You're riding a four foot ten board, and you can turn it. 
Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. But mate, I still think there's a place for bodyboarding because, you know, let's be honest, without bodyboarding, who know the right didn't exist and you know, all these waves didn't exist, you know, maybe they would have got there eventually anyway, but um mate, the you know, bodyboarding has they just were hunting ugly, ugly waves that were really right on that precipice of unrideable for so long that um, and I, and I think that's why when you look back to the nineties and there was so much rivalry between stand-ups and bodyboarding, I think that's why it's not there now. Cause any surfer who's really worth their weight in salt water knows that mate litters fucking charge and they charge scary waves that mate, I'm a fairly accomplished surfer, but there's a lot of weight, like the takeoff's the hardest part. There's so many waves that the lid is charged and the takeoffs are so hard. I just don't surf them because I just know I'm going to make like one in 20, you know, like, so I think what I'm trying to say is that whatever that animosity was, I think anyone knows it's long gone because you just got to give respect to people who charge those crazy waves. And, you know, the future of bodyboarding is still in those crazy waves. So softboards or not i still think there's there's room and there's still a future for bodyboarding well you certainly yeah. can't ride a softboard on them waves that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> unless you're jamie o'brien or mason yeah, Ho, that's but, true um, well doesn't he transfer onto a bodyboard though most yeah of the time? he does exactly right. so uh, yeah I, I mean hopefully forever it will be known as a hardcore sport and that's yeah. all you want really yeah because that's what it is like like you're saying it's hardcore it the, is the hardcore. people that do it are doing it because they absolutely love it. They're mad dog charges. Who just want that... to pack death pits in evil dry slabs. And do you know what? When it's small, <laughs> when it's small, they probably ride a surfboard too. Yeah, they do. Like Ducky does, and uh, yeah. mate, I don't know. Do you ever ride a, a surfboard? I used to, but not anymore. I yep, only yep. ride the Boog now. Yep, yep, cool. Yep. Yeah, no worries. And yeah, mate. As I say, I think it's all long gone. Um, you want to buy a surfboard? Uh, <laughs> do you think I need another no, one? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> the looks of you behind there. No, behind probably, you there. The, probably the 50 you've got all right. Yeah. <laughs> Mates, thanks so much for coming in, Chatty. I really enjoyed it. I was actually looking forward to it. Something different to get a booger on our um, uh, on our podcast and you've just got such crazy, gnarly stories. I'm, I'm sure you got more. I really enjoyed it. I hope everyone out there listening enjoy it. Thanks to Ducky for teeing it up, Ducky. No worries, Ad. You're thanks welcome. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, and for, yeah, thanks for giving us your, <laughs> your Sunday evening, Chatty, and away from the family and, you know, to uh, regale some of your stories. And, man, I'm sure it's going to send shivers down the spine of many a listener out there. And um, I think you've greased me up with the cheeky monkeys, right? <laughs> <laughs> Go the cheeky monkeys mate <laughs> thanks for coming in uh you've been listening to barrel surf podcast and next time you see chatty jackson out at meal up flapping around and looking like a middle-aged booger who's got a fucking no, he doesn't have a pot belly actually but uh if you if you did think that just 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 be warned mate you know might not be the book might not be uh judged by the cover might look like a flapper around waddling down the beach and his flippers on with a bunch of kids and you just think who's this old dad coot flapping around but he's really the pioneer of the right and just an absolute core lord of the highest order thanks chatty for coming in Thanks for having me, mate. mate. Appreciate it.